Hey there, listeners. We here at the Geek Explained Book Club just wanted to address something before we get into the back half of our season four. We're going to be covering Green Era Rebirth, as you probably know if you've been listening to this book club for any amount of time. But there is something that we do need to address right off the bat. The main series artist of this series is Otto Schmidt, who has a very checkered past and present, depending on when you're listening to this. Hello, future people. The unfortunate part of our industry is that sometimes people get through, people get successful, who don't value people. And it's an unfortunate part of life, which sucks, um, especially when they are talented and you keep seeing their names and stuff. But we just want you to know as a listener and as a human being, which we all are, hopefully. Do we have any alien listeners or any metahuman listeners? We might. We might. We might. We don't know. We don't know. We don't want to assume. Yeah. If you are an alien, please let me know. I'd love to uh, love to chop it up with you. Yeah. But we just want to be forthcoming with knowing that um, the artist on this is a bad person who should feel bad. And we are not absolving anyone of terrible things just because they draw good. So just wanted to be upfront about that. Um, we will continue to gush about the writing, especially in the series, because it is incredible. And thankfully, other artists will be coming in and out through the series as we go along that we will be able to gush about who, fingers crossed, don't happen to be as problematic as the main artist on this. But yeah, we just wanted to come out before we begin covering this series because we want you to know that if you are, you know, if you are affected by the things or the beliefs that Schmidt holds, we hear you, we see you, you're valid, and you're in a safe place to feel that way. So that is that is us uh, just kind of putting this disclaimer out there. And now let's roll right on to the show. With a patent-pended Malcolm Russell Nelson, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Emerald Archers, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week, we are kicking things off with volume one of Green Arrow Rebirth, that being Green Arrow Rebirth number one, as well as Green Arrow... Parentheses. Issues one through five, there is a distinction, as with all yes. of these Rebirth books. Yes. They all released a <laughs> Rebirth number one, and then just the main book with the little Rebirth, rebirth banner. Comics but are fun. Comics are fun, and Rebirths <laughs> are so even fun. more fun. Uh, I am, of course, joined by the only person who I would trust to rescue me if I had my entire fortune lost and to was tossed into an ocean. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. What it do? What it do, baby boo? What it do, baby boo? And you might notice that our good 
brother Jacob Brown is not with us. And unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, uh, Jacob will not be joining us for the rest of this season. Famous Gaslight actor Jacob Brown has a lot of things going on. Um, he is incredibly talented, and that means his time is precious, and he has a lot of hands that he has to uh, hold and a lot of hats that he has to wear. Uh, this is what happens when you have people committed to a podcast who are in the entertainment industry. Sometimes things happen, and they get pulled away for stuff like this. Um, but we want everyone to know that Jacob sends his regards all the way over from Lian Yu, where he has been making a pretty good life of himself. He found a Honestly, nice little garden. Yeah. Yeah. He won't tell us what he's growing, but it sounds fantastic. He he said that he's helping to raise someone's baby, which is really nice. Like Which he's salt of the earth. Jacob Brown. You know, really salt is. of the earth. Just a great guy. Just so, a great guy. So yeah. But he sends his regards. Uh he will be possibly periodically checking in through uh through the mailbag as he sends his letters. He doesn't know how he's gonna get his letters off the island, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um but again, maybe Jacob Brown is growing. I mean, maybe he'll send us some stuff. We don't know. Maybe. It, I'm, I'm sure it's legal. I'm sure but... it'll be a fun episode. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, my God. Um, but. Let's talk about the arrow. Colors. But yeah, all the love to Jacob. Famous gaslight actor Jacob Brown is. Love you, baby boy role in the world he is a hard traveling hero and it's going to be hard traveling without him but he will be rejoining us in the new year so don't you worry about that hell yeah but before we get into this the past couple of weeks we've been doing like hey what are you reading this week and i think we're both gonna have the same answer because we're not really <laughs> reading so much as we're playing uh <laughs> spider-man 2 came out this yeah. past week as of this recording and oh, yeah. i so i i get sometimes what is referred to by the kids as fomo where i have a really hard time you know feeling like i've missed out on something that everyone else seems to be enjoying and this past week i was in a conference that took me away from my home the exact same day that spider-man 2 released everywhere and i cannot tell you listener how frustrating it was for me to be having this <laughs> amazing transformative experience in the wilderness of isle of wild while also watching everyone i know playing and loving spider-man 2 including this guy yeah <laughs> so i didn't get to play start playing it until uh yesterday as we are recording this and it has been torture but we are both playing it we are both loving it uh i just unlocked the superior spider-man costume spoilers i guess if you didn't watch any of the trailers it's in the game you can unlock it no, i I, yeah. I fucking love it so much eric it's how's so the pie good. so good hell yeah it's so good <laughs> this game fucking rules it's so good it's are so there good. any are there any non-spoilery things that you can say that you love about it uh this is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt the best version of miles morales 
and the best version yes. of his supporting cast. We were talking um, about this off mic. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I, without spoiling, I think he has the best story in the game. Ooh. That's um, there is, there is, there is a suit and there is a story mission that both of them made me cry. <laughs> I'm tearing up just thinking about it. A oh, little no. bit. But there is, there is, it, it's just, when you get there, you'll know. I told a buddy the same thing, and then he texted me and was like, "Oh, this must be what you're talking about," because it got me too. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Malcolm is being very kind because I'm still early days, but it's so good. It's just I'm, such a great game. It's such a great game. Like it's such I, a great game. At the beginning, before you can even start a game, like they give you like all of the options that you can toggle and mess with. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how much the uh, the swing assist was going to be a factor. Um, but I love that you can make it more difficult, yeah. which is really interesting. Do you know yeah. what level you have yours on? I think I just left mine at the base level interesting I, that was something i didn't mess with at all i messed up I was with like curious. everything else but i didn't mess with that at all i i was curious because i know that they did like that. a big overhaul with it to like give you options to make it more difficult obviously fall yeah. damage was a big thing fall um damage. i left i left that shit off i, I, I left living off my superhero fantasy i don't give a shit yeah <laughs> i i absolutely smacked into the ground like a couple of times <laughs> I have just to see if twice. i could <laughs> i have twice while like carrying somebody to the hospital and i'm like god i would have been dead i would have been dead yeah <laughs> but i have it toggled to uh because it starts you off at 10 for swing assist and you can bring it all the way down yeah. to zero which is no assist i have it settled on seven which i think gives you enough of okay. a Enough Control, of a difficulty but... that you have to pay attention when you're swinging, you're... Yeah. but it's great. Like and it That's makes cool. you more cognizant of your surroundings, which I think is really, really cool. That is cool. I do like that. Um, so, uh, you had, you have to be by now, right? Not just swinging. Yes, correct. Okay. Okay. Correct. Okay. And that, that shit is the best. rules. That is the best uh everyone who says whoa a superman game would never work or whoa this <laughs> character game would never play work. this fucking uh, game play and this you will know that that is because the and i mean it was in the trailer but the web wings the web wings so in fucking incredible it when you so hit tunnels <laughs> oh and you're just god. gliding on the fucking oh, oh my god it's, it's so I good spent like an hour just gliding around <laughs> like, this is awesome and the amount of ground you can cover like yeah. Shame on anyone who fast travels through this game because you can get through the city so quickly. So fast. I literally fast I was not aware. once and then was like, what was the point of that? And went back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised because they open up two new boroughs for you, uh, that being Brooklyn and Queens. And seeing... Home, baby. Yeah, this guy's home. And so... There's a point where I had to go from Queens into Harlem. And I was like, that's a fucking distance. Yeah. So I'm like swinging and I'm like, enjoy my time. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to web, I'm going to web glide. And then you hit a fucking tunnel. And I was in that shit in like yeah. 10 seconds. I was like, oh yeah. my God, you can cover so much ground. Yeah. You hit one of those long tunnels or you just like a system of the tunnels and you're, yeah. you're set, dude. It's easy. It's, it's fucking easy. incredible. Yeah. But yeah, so... Long story short, that's what we've been time. doing this past week. Go play. Uh, have you it. been reading anything? No. 
Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair I, enough. You know, I, I will. I will say spider themed. I have been slowly making my way through a certain superior run uh, that oh, may same. come into play later on. Who Ooh, are... same. Ooh, secret, secret. I've got uh, a secret. I am Spider Man. <laughs> Now, I, uh, after reading The Superior Spider-Man Returns, number one, I immediately <laughs> wanted to read The Superior Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> because that book was fantastic. Man, so good. do I, you know who's a person who gets a lot of flack, who I don't understand why he gets flack, because I still think he's the best Spider-Man writer of the 21st century, is now Dan you say, I was like, you say that, and you say it very specifically, like there should only be one answer. <laughs> it's Dan Slott. Yeah. Dan Slott's incredible. That guy loves him, him some Spider-Man. That guy loves him some Spider-Man. Now, you know what? I love that he loves him some Spider-Man. Agreed. Pick up Spider-Boy number one next week. I can't fucking wait. I'm so there excited. Are so, there are so many people who are like, <laughs> fans shouldn't be helming these characters because they're coming at it from a fan's perspective rather than a creator's perspective. It's like, fuck you. I love when people are fans of the stuff they're creating. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes those people understand those characters best, actually. Weirdly enough. Weirdly enough. Guy, Here's a guy who understands that Peter Parker can grow and evolve and not just be the down on his luck son of a bitch. And can also kind of suck sometimes. And that's and okay. can still suck and can still be an asshole, but he grows and that's nice. I love if it you, when a writer like realizes. video games, Peter, that's Dan Slot Peter. 100%. Like, that is I know, and Dan I know that there is, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, J- uh jms peter coded into the game which rightfully so there's plenty but i think it's a perfect blend of that jms and slot yes yes and and christos gage we should give christos gage Gage as well who actually wrote on the games and wrote a lot of or was dance lots like co-writer for a lot of stuff too and that makes complete sense and wrote Uh, the entirety of the uh superior follow-up yes as well Yes. I have an issue signed by Christos Gage. It's That's incredible. Awesome. It was That's just awesome. at my comic shop. That's I guess he had just gone in, signed a couple issues, and left. Hell yeah. What issue is it? Uh is it one of the Warrior Realms ones? Because you would love that. Because <laughs> I know how much you love that. You would love that. Uh, I don't remember exactly <laughs> which one it is, but I'll 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 pull it out later. That's but sick. um yeah, it's it's a it's incredible. And sometimes, you know, a writer needs to just understand that you can do things with your hero, like taking his brain out and replacing it with his mortal enemy's brain, and things are going to be okay, and maybe sometimes they're even better. And, and maybe sometimes they're even better. It's it's just, it's good vibes. It's good vibes all the time. Go pick up Superior Spider-Man Returns and Superior Spider-Man number one when it drops Hell next yeah, month. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. But yeah, so let's talk some Green Arrow. Let's talk some Green yeah. Arrow, Malcolm. Let's talk my pointy because shooty man. I am really excited to dig into this. I remember I got through, I think, the this first volume, initially reading it, and then I had to stop because there were so many other comics going on at the time, and I was in the middle of a move. It was mm-hmm. the same year that I was moving out to L.A., and like mm-hmm. everything just kind of, and before I knew it, the series was over. So yeah. I am excited to go through this journey with you as my my Lord and Savior, my Good Shepherd, uh, 
thrusting me into the lefty anti-capitalist lens of Green Arrow, which hasn't been up to this point in chronology through the New 52 very much harped upon. No, because New 52 Green Arrow is a fuckboy. There's a fuckboy who is, you know, fighting, you know, endless eternal tribes and the Arrow clan. And like, yeah. it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino had their run yeah. with Green Arrow. That, that was run fun. was huge for the new 52 Green Arrow because before that, it was very bad. And it no was very bad. On that, but it was very bad. Um, and then that kind of brought it to be a little make it feel a little bit more like the show um, yeah. because the show is running parallel with the new 52 run. Yep. Uh, and the show at that point was on fire. And the show at that point was on fire. It was crazy big. Um, and so, yeah, you have just two very different versions of Green Arrow. And then a person comes on to shepherd the end of that run yep. and makes it a little interesting. And that person is Benjamin Percy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, who comes in, ends the new 52 run and then leads right into this. Now we're not talking about the new fifty-two run because you just don't need to read it. You don't need to read it. We we had we had Even a listener question stuff. go in come in like, hey, do we need to read the new fifty-two? And I'm like, no, it's actually better if you nope. don't. It's a lot better if you don't. Don't worry about it. And any As context that you're missing, AI. Malcolm and I are here to help. Yeah, baby. That's what this is for. That's why we have a book club. So let's context. dig into this. Uh, this is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Otto Schmidt and Juan Ferreira. Juan Ferreira does the most in this volume. Uh, he's, he's doing the he's covers so primarily, and then he takes over for the back half of this volume, and he is tremendous. He is one of the most interesting artists I've ever seen. It's so good. <laughs> Where else have we seen Juan Ferreira? Uh, I mean... Up to this point, I don't know. I think this was like the first thing I really saw him on. Um, maybe, maybe some like Vertigo stuff. He seems serves. very tailored to a Vertigo series. Maybe if memory serves, but he's he's been on a few things since here. Um, right now, he's doing that spine tingling Spider Man book, which is yeah. gorgeous at least. Gorgeous, uh, you know, look gorgeous. At. Yeah. Uh, speaking of beautiful to look at, hi Babs. Yeah, ba Babs is here. Babs, Babs has been very lonely because her mother has been on a cruise this past week, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so she is. She's been very needy and attentive. Understandable. 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 I because... hop up into your lap sometimes anyway, too. You know. Hey, you know what? I get it. Nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one prayer is incredible. Uh, letters yeah. are see. Okay, this is interesting. Letters are by Nate Piacos of Blambot. Blambot. And I've I've never seen a name of something yeah. in this, which I think is uh, hilarious. Blambot is fun because it just makes me think of Kerblam because I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. Uh, which is really fun up. because we've got the 60th anniversary coming up. I'm trying to catch, yeah, because I wound up just not seeing any of the Jodie Whittaker stuff because I was uh, waiting to watch it with uh, my partner, but then she's bad at watching stuff, so. Uh. <laughs> Ain't that just the way. So, uh, no I have permission no and I can start now. So. Excellent. So I blew through the first season in a week. <laughs> Which is really fun because I think it's maybe the weakest season of Jody's run. 
the first like three episodes were really bad. Um, That's interesting. I thought the first episode of Jody was really strong, and then the... I, I thought it was okay. But then the other two that follow it, I thought were bad and then worse. I think that Rosa Parks episode is maybe the worst episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. I was lamenting on Twitter about the Rosa Parks episode. But here's what's wild, is that a couple episodes after that, you get the partition episode, which I thought was going to be on the same level. And that is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. You are not wrong. That episode is unbelievably good. That episode rules. Uh, if you're going to have two episodes in one season where the theme is you can't change things in the past, yeah, you can't do it, don't make it the Rosa Parks one. Make it the partition <laughs> one. It's weird that they had both. <laughs> I remember when we were watching it the first time, uh, my partner was, after we watched it, she was like, that felt like a CW episode. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, especially with the the music, the the needle drop cue at the end. <laughs> When Rose is like on the bus and they're like, oh I'm like, God. this feels like an episode of Supergirl. Like, what is happening? It's so bad. It's so bad. You know what? I, I applaud I applaud Doctor Who for trying something. They're trying yeah. to make it distinct from the previous runs. And I get it. Not yeah. everything is gonna land. I think Jody's story gets 100 percent stronger in seasons after that. Cool. Great. Great. Do they lose companions at all? Because I, don't, I, I don't want to spoil that. Okay, cool. I think one of the biggest problems is that I, I think it just has too many companions. Um, oh, that's interesting. I, I because agree, it but which companions, which companions would you keep and which would you get rid of? I would get rid of at least Ryan. I think Ryan is the one that, like, they keep resetting him every two episodes <laughs> where he turns into Ryan from episode one every two episodes. I totally agree. And it's weird and unnecessary. Uh, I think I love Graham. See, that's what we thought too. We're like, if it was just Graham palling around with the doctor this whole time, like I'd be totally fine with it. Or if it was just Yaz, because I love Yaz too. Yeah, Yaz is incredible. Does nothing. (laughs) It's unfortunate. He adds nothing, and it's a total bummer. And I think because there's four of them, it diverts. Like I don't have a good sense of who Jodie Doctor is yet, just because there's four people. And so we have to divert attention to all four of them, right. you know, like every episode th- has a lot of splitting up and then separate stories and then all grabbing back together again. I and think that- they were trying to go with, you know, that kind of similar feeling that uh, Ninth Doctor had or the Fifth Doctor had where it turned the cl- TARDIS into kind of a clubhouse for yeah. Misfit Toys. Yeah. Um, but it definitely... But it works better for those because there's less people around. <laughs> fair. Fair. There's less people at one time, you know? Like, well, that, that's what makes it... Night Doctor hard. had was rolling with Mickey, Jack, and Rose at one point. So he yeah, did have four. At, at and one, then the fifth Doctor had, like, a fucking small army you know? of people no, you, in his you are, you are right. You are right. He did, he did roll with a gang. That's true. Gang, gang. <laughs> gang, gang. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I, I think you're going to like the the rest of Jody's time there. Cool. Underrated. Fantastic. Underrated. Can't time. wait. I can't wait to get to Spyfall. Uh, I have like the holiday special. And then I've been dying to watch Spyfall for years because I love Sasha Dewan. 
Uh, I already know what's going on there. Uh, but I love Sasha Duan because he was the best thing about the Iron Fist show. And he was the one who should have been Iron Fist. I think totally season two agree. does him fucking justice. 100%. 100% season two agree. proves that he rules. Should have been Davos and Colleen Wing the entire Hell time. Hell fucking yes. The entire time. But yeah. Anyway, Green uh, Arrow. Anyway, Green Arrow. We keep diverting and we don't need to. Um, but Green Arrow uh, Rebirth. The Green Arrow Rebirth special. I think it's really interesting because it sets up this idea. The the thesis statement of this issue, if not this entire volume, is how can you fight the man if you are the man? Mm-hmm. And I love the... I just love the use of Oliver Queen in this story because we see a lot of arguments with Batman about like, oh, he should be using his money for infrastructure instead of like yeah. punching poor people. And it's yeah. like... Not only is that wildly simplistic, but also yeah. it's just flat out wrong. And you yeah. see the argument against that in this very story. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Green Arrow doesn't really get that heat. I feel like people forget no. that he's a billionaire too. Yeah, uh. <laughs> which I find interesting. And they do like directly address that in yeah. this story, which I think yeah. is really cool. Um, we see we see Oliver Queen. He's never shown, but he's on a date. I love this woman leaving who is his day. She's like, liberal pig. And I guess her, I love this line where it's like, uh, because she's the daughter of a Republican senator. And he's just like, he's the kind of conservative nut job who thinks guns should have the right to marry other guns. I just, I think it's hilarious. That's so funny. Ben Percy. Ben Percy, (laughs) man. Ben Percy based as fuck. Based as fuck with the best voice in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And so he he heads out afterwards, gives a dollar to this homeless kid and his mom. And then the dollar, unfortunately, gets blown away by the uh, by the wind. His mom goes after it. And I don't like this image. The slurm slurms. I don't love it. I'm a big listeners. If you've. If you've been with me for any amount of time, you know I don't fuck with clowns. And you know that the movie... Pennywise is not your friend. (laughs) Pennywise is my worst fucking case scenario. And it's why I avoid rain drains at all times. I just do it. And And so this shit... This is that. It's exactly that. Um, Mom gets yanked into the sewers and we cut through a little while later. This is all taking place in Seattle, by the way. Wonderful backdrop. Beautiful backdrop. Uh-huh. Anyone who's played Infamous Second Son knows how great of a city Seattle oh, is for a backdrop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Green Arrow has a lot of history in Seattle. Um, Indeed. A lot of history in Seattle. And so we see the kid later that night being shoved along by a cloaked figure. An arrow stops them in their tracks as fucking we get this beautiful, gorgeous little uh, full page spread. Oh yeah, Green Arrow in all his glory. I love this suit. I I love the suit. I think it looks great. I think that's the best modern suit for him to have. Agreed. Um, McFarland, please give me a figure of this. Uh, oh, we have I, a figure of this. No, we don't. We have a figure of this. No, we don't. We have a figure of this. No, we don't. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, figure of this. It's what are you talking about? It's it's the Arrow TV show figure that they did. No, that's different because it's the same exact fucking costume. It's the season. No, no, it's the same fucking costume. This is more like the season four costume where he doesn't have sleeves and it looks bad on him. The figure is a season five costume where he has sleeves. It's the same fucking costume just with sleeves. It is not the same. That's the only difference. In different places. Also, he (laughs) has the face and a domino. It's totally different. Says he has the face. He has the face. (laughs) It's totally different. Uh, I love what he's saying here, like his monologue. The like, I live two lives. The first is Oliver Queen. Might seem enviable as I hover over everyone in my penthouse apartment, my top floor office, golden cubes of light higher than fear or danger can reach. But with every passing day, the that world feels less comfortable. And that man, the Playboy socialite, the CEO of Queen Industries, feels more like an obnoxious stranger. I prefer the company of the streets. I prefer the job description of social justice warrior. Call me Green Arrow. Fucking rest, bitch. This is the guy we were talking about last week. Like this is this is that guy. This is that guy. And thematically, if you frame it, remember the end of uh, Green Arrow Year One ends with him on a rooftop in a big old city. You could could just say it leads right into this. Right into this. Huh? Almost like we planned it. Almost like we planned it that way. Huh, almost like we think about these things. Weird. Almost like we put thought into this podcast. Weird. And it's not just like a couple knuckleheads like getting on and talking shit into a microphone. Weird. Huh, weird. Crazy. It's almost like effort goes into this sometimes. Oh my god. Uh, weird. So wild. And so Green Arrow engages in fisticuffs with this cloaked figure who very quickly kicks his ass. And that's yeah. because the cloaked figure reveals herself to be a problem a huge fucking problem the problem the uh, her <laughs> ladies ladies and gentlemen her talking about she <laughs> talk about she i fucking jesus good lord it's black canary dinah lance if we hadn't made that clear um god damn <laughs> i love that after she reveals herself there's just a panel of him just staring at uh-huh. <laughs> Green Arrow, just what? like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> if someone walked out in front of me in a leather jacket and fishnets, same fucking reaction. What? What? Huh? <laughs> just the face is just, he's frozen. There's no expression. Frozen yeah. in fear. I just, it, it's just the moment of like, oh. It's like, suddenly, the world has come and changed. <laughs> it's it's very much that bit in Lego Batman movie, whenever Batman <laughs> sees Barbara, he's like, Barbara! <laughs> <laughs> the only time the, the only time that Bruce was, Wayne, yeah. Barbara Gordon romance yes. has ever been mildly okay. Yes, because she is an adult woman. woman. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this was good Lord. Um, And again, Green Arrow has the exact same reaction that we do, where it's just like, oh my God. And they mentioned that they've only met once before, which was a big retcon for Uh the new 52. Huge retcon. We saw that meeting. We did. We've seen that. We saw we that have. in DC Universe Rebirth number one. Huh, it's almost like we played it that way. It's almost weird. Like we fucking it's played. fucking weird. 
It's almost like we knew. My favorite part was everyone, you know, that first week being like, why did you cover this? I wasn't, I didn't think you were going to cover this. And I'm like, this is fucking why. Because we get the Wally West stuff for the first half and we get the Green Arrow and Black Canary stuff for the second half. This is why. We planned this shit. We planned it. It all is connected. It's all connected. All connect. This is this is me. You can't see it right now, but I've got dozens of red string just oh, up yeah. in my room right now. Oh yeah. At the end of every season, Eric cuts one end, and then we watch it all fall apart. Fall. <laughs> and then I drop a mug slowly, and it's slowly turning as I run to reveal. Oh God, I know who the killer is. Wait, <laughs> no. And then you hear, and I'll rise up, and I'll rise. <laughs> What song do you play if Rosa Parks is going to stay sitting? <laughs> Wait a second. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> if there's ever been an hour of television that was clearly written by a white man. No, God. <laughs> ain't that, that just the I don't fucking know. truth? I don't know what it is. <laughs> ain't that just the fucking truth? Oh, Lord. But. Speaking of uh, social justice with the Green Arrow. Yeah. Um, my good friend, Ollie. My good friend, Ollie. Uh, we we see the two of them, like, this is them meeting for the second time. And having had that moment where you glimpse someone who's incredibly attractive and then being faced with an introduction with them later on, I feel yep. it. I feel it. I feel the yep. trepidation. I feel that the moment that she mentions... Yeah, I hardly recognize you myself uh, hidden underneath all that hair. He's like, I have to shave. I have to shave now. Yep. I, uh, shave right uh, I just need to clean up my beard. Hold on one second. Give me a minute. Which I think is interesting, too, because, like, we saw over the course of the New 52 him go from this weird, like, chin facial hair thing and slowly from the first New 52 issue to the back half of the New 52, he suddenly has the, a full-grown beard. Mm-hmm. Which is how facial hair works. But also, Weirdly. them making the choice to be like, now we're shaving that shit off and giving him the goatee. We're, we're giving it. him to Van Dyke. Yeah, like, it's time. Let's do it. I love it. So, yeah. Black Canary... That's really- how you know it's more like a classic Green Arrow. Yup. Everything is aligning again. Yeah. It's all slowly. connected. Um, but we see that uh, Ollie and Dinah take this kid in. Uh, his mom was taken by the and they love how back they to play Ollie. That. I love it too. It's very new in uh yes. in Alien, but like I love how they play this. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of that, to be honest. <laughs> I mean it's literally just new. Like, like give me Oliver like Queen and Dinah Lance aliens. Like have them go. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, Ben Percy would obviously do it. He's writing that Predator book right Absolutely now. Absolutely, he would. <laughs> he would do and it. you know what? That would basically just be comic book prey, and I'm here for it. Yeah, that sounds fucking sick. It sounds sick as fuck. Um, but Ollie takes them both back to his penthouse, and he shaves the beard into the goatee. Uh, this is where Dinah gives the thesis statement of how can you fight the man if you are the man, and it's really it's really fun to get their dynamic in this because yeah, they're they not, don't know each other. Yeah, they don't know each other, but she's tearing them apart and she's right. 
she's right but also she's coming from it from her own perspective as yes. well they're they're both <laughs> this dino lance has a lot of baggage <laughs> she has a lot of because this is the dino lance that came from the new 52 on. and yeah. she's got a lot of stuff going on too but i There's love that both of, of them are right in their own way yeah dino just happens to be like two percent more right which is important yeah. in yeah. this kind of dynamic um and how it should always be between the two of them to absolutely be agree uh sometimes it should be more percents but they yeah. take the kid back to his dad in the jungle which is a sick as fuck looking this crazy like it, it it's a homeless encampment but, but like, it's in the trees, it like, like a, they're the Lost Boys. Yeah, it looks like the forest moon of Endor. It's sick. It like, looks like, y'all remember cool Avatar The Last Airbender when those kids, led by Jet, the coolest motherfucker in the show, had their like pre I mean, problematic as fuck, but like, yeah. Have it. <laughs> Everyone has yeah. a problematic fave. We know this. Yeah. Um, but we see like his little like treetop society. That's what this reminds yeah, me. Yeah, that's of. what this is. You're right. Yeah, it's also fucking. It's a uh, Kashik. You want to throw around like? Yeah, it, it really is more Kashik. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they go there and they're like, "Hey, like this is kind of weird, but like this is the two of them kind of getting to know each other." Mm -hmm. And I love their back and forth. Dinah revealing like I used to be this kid I was living on the streets I didn't know where we were you know where my next meal was going to come from I didn't know how I was going to survive though she does mention how about we trade I'll take your island any day and I'm like I disagree that island yeah. fucking sucked I think that's a little rude <laughs> I'll be honest <laughs> a, a little rude just just a tiny bit um and then she does make this reference um that i was like maybe dinah's my problematic fave because she's like so far seattle appears as neglected as that heroin addicted partner you used to have over uh, the line uh-huh over the she, line listen i do love a black canary who's very forward though she is and i <laughs> love is, that she is somehow always supposed to be more earnest than ollie and i kind of love that like she's she's very outright <laughs> I dig that for sure, but also fucked that. up to say that. But also pretty fucked up. Pretty <laughs> fucked up to say that. Pretty uncool. You just <laughs> met this guy. Like, <laughs> a little rough. But so they they reunite the kid with his dad, who's like, where's your mother? We're like, we don't know, but we're going to find them. And then all of a sudden, uh, the encampment is beset upon by... And... They are fucking terrifying. Y'all who pretty play, cool. they're dope as fuck. And it's they're funny because cool. I created a uh, a D and D character who looks fucking exactly like this. Nice. Uh, he's a little gnome man. Nice, um, of course. What does that mean? No, of course. Like, I mean, these no, are what like it, little what does it mean, gnome guys. guys. What do you? These just are like because, little gnome just because guys. I'm a short king. You're just like, oh no, yeah, you're making no, gnome king. no, like, no. These are just like <laughs> little guys. <laughs> I just see them as like little guys, like the Moloids. They're kind of just little guys. They are very Moloid coded, which yeah. I kind of love. Which I kind of love. I love the Moloids. I think they're kind they're of awesome. The Moloids are great. They should be. They should pop up more often. Yeah, I think they're kind of rad. But they're also like very coded, like the Night Folk from Red Dead Redemption Two, who are horrifying. Ah, just they make like I envision like they make no sound. 
until they're already upon you. Yeah, and that's a like, good read. Of that. that shit yeah. is terrifying. That's Y'all scary. have ever played that game? Do not go through the swabs at nighttime. You shit, your shit will be beset upon. They mostly come out at night. They uh, mostly, mostly. Uh, but also just like the slurm, slurm. The slurm is so it's such a gross sound. Ugh. Yeah, that's so gross. I don't like it. Uh, so, uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary are able to utilize a light arrow to yeah. send them skittering back into the darkness. This is when uh, Canary uses her Canary Cry for the first time, which I think is really well uh, illustrated. I love that she goes for a Prince reference. Yep. This is what it sounds like. When your ears bleed. When your ears <laughs> bleed. And they're able to capture one of the underground men. And they're able to extract some information about him about the auction. Which gave me some Black Mirror flashbacks. And I yeah. love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, that shit. Fun thing, Ben Percy loves an auction. Sure, <laughs> Since he I just sure spent fucking time does, doesn't he? His Wolverine. <laughs> he, he loves an auction. <laughs> he loves an underground gross auction. It is interesting, the parallels between this book and his Wolverine run. <laughs> you could see what he was cooking up here. For you sure. could see him cooking. I love it. And so Dinah and Ollie go to attend this auction, and it's very much your typical black market auction. We've got people on screens and horrifying-looking masks. Also a little uh, little appearance from a person from the Court of Owls, which I loved. Yeah, what the hell? Because <laughs> of course they would. Of course, of course they, they would. would. Weirdos. Um, and their freaks. auction just happens to uh, come to the next piece. And I love this shit. I, wanna, I just want to point out this book came out in 2016 mm-hmm. and i and this this auctioneer says before we begin <laughs> let me remind you that this feed is camouflaged by 20 vpn relays <laughs> that we only accept lexcoin cryptocurrency transactions and that next month's underground auction will be sourced from san francisco how did they fucking know it's so funny. <laughs> it's weird, it's so right? Funny. And it's I like mean, Oliver would shows. be ecstatic to learn how far cryptocurrency and especially fucking NFTs have fallen over the past month. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he'd be Beautiful. thrilled. He we must love to be see happy. heroes win and villains. Mm-hmm. We do. But yeah, just like the Lexcoin, the VPNs, I'm like Lexcoin. they had they f- Benjamin Percy always has his finger on the pulse and I appreciate that mm-hmm. about him. Like, of course, Lex would, like, absolutely get into cryptocurrency. Of course. Like, I need to have my own. <laughs> and it's just a coin with his fucking face on it. <laughs> just, just a fu- the worst. The absolute worst. And so we see uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary crash the auction. They're able to attack the Whispermen. And they're able to rescue the kid's mom, which is really nice. Um, but they are confronted by this red masked figure. I love this design. Yeah, this Dorito chip looking motherfucker. This sweet and spicy Dorito chip from the purple bag. My favorite, <laughs> yeah. personally. Uh, absolutely dope looking mask design. Yeah, it's sick. Um, and Ollie says, you know, 
I might not have any special powers. I might be young. I might be a loud mouth. I might have a lot to learn, but don't underestimate me. Whatever this is, I'm going to stop it. Whoever you are, I'm going to hunt you down. And when I do, I'll make you feel debased, devalued, bankrupt in every possible way. There will be nothing left. You'll know what it feels like to be no one. That, I promise. Sick. Sick Sick. as fuck. Sick. Uh, They return to the sunny streets of Seattle, which is hilarious. Uh, and they and Ollie and Dinah have this moment where they finally are able to introduce themselves to each other. Dinah Lance, Oliver Queen, they say, nice to meet you, finally. And that was kind of the big old, you know, alongside the how can you fight the man if you are the man, thesis statement of this was bringing them back together. Yeah. They had been apart for five years. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings us into the series proper. And I just want to, I know we're going to get into him in a second, but I do just want to shout out Juan Freire's covers. My God. These covers, my God. Fucking immaculate. These are movie posters. This is how movie posters used to be. Yes. (laughs) Y'all remember how they used to be before they were one person? Multiple little heads and a yeah. weird background. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord, these covers yep. are incredible. Incredible covers. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Juan Ferreira. He comes in with such a splash. He's so good. <laughs> so, Green Arrow Rebirth issue number one, which is different from Green Arrow Rebirth number one. Yes. We love comics. Yes, comics are so great to us. Uh, starts off in the Seattle docks where we see the underground men uh, shipping people and getting ready to uh, deliver them to God knows where. But Green Arrow and Black Canary arrive and take them out. And this chapter ominously is entitled The End. Love that. I love that shit. <laughs> love that. I love an issue one that's titled The End. That's sick. Especially when it's the first issue. Yeah, first issue. That's that's base, dude. Like, <laughs> and so we see them in their operation taking out the underground men, and they are assisted by one Henry Fife. Yep, I love me some Henry. Uh, <sighs> Henry's an I interesting cat. Henry is an interesting cat. cat. Uh, I, I love the guy in the chair archetype yeah it's interesting for green arrow as a character it yeah sensing hesitation i i have a uh, i also feel weird being the one to bring this up (laughs) bring it up bring it up i feel like it's easy to have a guy in a chair be uh not only asian but i think it's also easy for that asian character to uh uh, be involved in a like Asian restaurant. Business. That's fair. That's, <laughs> and I, that's I absolutely fair. Really hate that. <laughs> I, so I every time I see him, I roll my eyes. So I'm like, ugh, right. His parents work at the Chinese restaurant. Like, this is fine. <laughs> like, I get that. I chose to code him like a Genki Lee, where it's like 
See, he I also is, hate that they well, I know, they didn't put I know. it on Genki, they put it on Ned, but right. <laughs> but I mean it, But for you know, me, this was this was at a point where I was kind of just happy to have Asian characters involved in that's, comics. That's the thing. Yeah. Thankfully, we've moved past that where we can hope for better and yeah. expect better at this point with the legions of Asian characters. You better go fucking read Spirit World. I, fucking, Yo. I say this every single week that it comes out. I will fucking be in your walls. I will be under your tables. I will hide under your bed if you do not read Spirit World. And you that is not a problem. promise. That is a threat. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to talk about a problem? I love, problem. I love people with big swords. Big they swords are a is a big thing for me. <laughs> they are a real problem for me. Xanthi, oh, they are a problem. 100%. Oh, boy. <laughs> But yeah, I I like the implementation. I think it was ab- absolutely. I think in hindsight, we can look at it as like there are better ways to implement Asian characters, and we do see it's, implementation it's a new of 52 other Asian thing. characters. Yes, one hundred percent. And Henry was introduced in the New Fifty Two, yeah. and there are a lot of things wrong with the New Fifty Two. And there are a lot of things wrong with that character when he's introduced in New 52 and his oh boy, yes. pining after, what's her name, Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was a lot of issues with that character. So I, I am admittedly hesitant every time he shows up. Because I'm just like, ugh. That's fair. He's he, a little problematic. He comes with a lot of baggage. He comes with a lot, of, comes baggage. With a lot of baggage. But we see that uh, there's another Asian character here who is also Hell part of this yeah. operation. Emiko! Hell uh, the yes. half-sister of Oliver Queen, the daughter of Shadow, and Robert Queen. I love me some Emiko. I me think she too. is dope as fuck. She rules. Um, th- I, love her. For those of you who are currently reading comics, you might recognize her as Red Arrow. Yeah. Um, she has made that. herself known. This is before that. She has made herself known in the Teen Titans. She's piled around in other people's books. She is a badass. She's awesome. I just, why have we not gotten the book where it's just her and Cassandra Kane being, you know, little murder hobos? I know. Uh, I know. Give me that outsider's book. Give me that outsider's book. The two of them maybe throw in like, that would be the one time where it'd be like, yeah, this, I could see Damien in this book. Just the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just pal it around and throw in. Three Asian friends. Yeah. Throw in Xanthi. Throw them in there. Like, yeah. Let's go. That's, that's the one thing about this We Are Legends thing that I have absolutely loved is introducing all these Asian characters that you can now drop in fucking anywhere. Pretty cool. Especially Pretty now cool. since uh, Cass and Xanthi are like besties. Besties, yeah. yeah. Give me that, that Outsiders book before them. I'd read um, that. But we see Emiko is on the scene with them. They're palling around. Uh, I also love this design for Emiko. I me really too. Do. Like the Red Arrow stuff is awesome. But I love how hodgepodge her costume looks and feels in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's practical. It's homebrew. It plays homage to her mom. Like, yep. I, I think it's cool. It's cool as it hell. It is sick as fuck. And so they're able to dispatch the Whisper. But we see that they are employed by this red masked figure who we were introduced to last issue. We also get into this. Where uh, Ollie is just handing out money like it's candy. Or handing out candy like it's money. Either way. Um, he is paying off the cops to be like, hey, we're we're on the same team. 
Yeah. While also going to this informant inform. Why is that word difficult for me? Informant. Informant. I was like yeah. informant. The informant. Uh, I like informant. The informant. Uh, Ezra. He was like, oh man, I was just this. I was just a lookout. I wasn't gonna do anything. And he's like, no. And I love how he kind of like sticks the the money underneath his chin. Yeah. And he's like, kind of tickle his beard a little bit with it. There go with the like dollars. <laughs> he's like, whatever they're paying you, I'll double it. You work for me now. And it is an interesting problem to have when there is a character like this who can flaunt his wealth to try and get things done. There are hours and hours of conversation that we could have about yeah. the moral justification, the arguments against. Um, but I love that it is something that is spotlit in here. Yeah. I I also think it's, I mean, I think it's kind of a good plan, like, to have, it, it, it's a good way to show the difference between how Ollie works and how Dino works. Yes. Uh, and again, kind of not driving a wedge there, but, you know, just highlighting. Having that distance, yeah. Ha having that distance, you know, just, oh, this is a very different operation here. Like, this is but very also, strange. But also with you know, with having Ollie and his his nose to the grindstone, his ears ear to the ground, like he usually does in comics, having him be aware of relevant social problems. I mean, yeah, Dinah says like this guy should go to prison, and he's like, I'm not paying them off. I'm enlisting them, tipping them. Yeah. We've created a prison factory that creates Trier criminals. Do you know how many people are incarcerated in this country? Like, yeah. They are again. They are both right from different. They're both right for just for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. <laughs> and this next point of view is certain. Um, <laughs> turn the yeah. page, and we see that this relationship has escalated. That sex. They fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that sex has to be incredible. Oh yeah. Like, they are two people who, like, are so opinionated. They're two very hot people. They're two very <laughs> hot people. Both, both in being hot, but also in coming in hot. Coming in that hot. Has gotta they be, are. That has got to be passionate. Passionate. <laughs> passionate. Let's go ahead and rate their sex. <laughs> we're going to introduce a new, uh, a new segment here, I guess. Uh, rate that sex scene out of five arrows. Out of five arrows, uh, I'm gonna say that they knocked probably four and a half out of five. I, I I would I would agree with that. I would say four notches, four arrows knocked out of uh, out of five for this. Out of five, one. pretty good. Like clothes strewn. No furniture is knocked over though. So uh, points off. Canary collar still on. That is a specific choice. Okay, you know that that's a four point five. That's a four point five like, for me. I'm, I'm gonna knock that out. That's a that, that's a four point five. <laughs> Four so by five. Like, you're uh, right. You're right. I don't that, know. That's a, a very important detail. That is a specific choice. We are setting the bar high immediately. Oh yeah. Um, we also give reference to the fact that uh, Dinah is a rock star with her band, mm -hmm. the Black Canaries, mm -hmm. which I love. Um, we need band T-shirts immediately. Uh, yeah. That's a, the, the Nightwing run, Taylor and Redondo. Dick has yep. a Black Canary shirt that I need in my yep. life, and yep. I don't know where to find. 
have you have have you seen our concert poster when they announced like the black canary book they did like this concert poster thing i know that they did an ep like a legit ep for it which i think is incredible yeah i kind of i kind of need that we have the it's over on the wall i don't know if you can see it see it there oh that's dope as fuck yeah but it's like a concert it's like a band poster it's hell yeah yeah so I get to look that, at that every them day. like full just going whole hog on the rock star aspect of her, I think was a great it's cool choice. as hell. Yeah, it's cool as hell. It's and random, so, but it's cool as hell. Yeah, isn't it just? <laughs> uh, so we see in this next montage just all the good that Oliver has been doing with his money. Mm-hmm. Queen's Helping Hand, Children's Hospital, the Public Park. Queen's uh, Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that Queen is all, all these things. Hilarious. He really wants people to know, I'm spending my money. Wait. <laughs> I'm spending my money. <laughs> the Queen's Fresh Start, which I think is a great fucking idea. Love that. Love it. As like a safe haven, halfway house, a sanctuary um, for domestic violence victims. Yeah. Like He's doing exactly the argument that people have been making about Batman for years. Yes. Like, he is actively doing it. While also being a vigilante that punches people with reckless abandon. Yeah. And so we see also that Oliver has gotten incredibly lonely in his operation. There are very few people that he can trust. And Dinah brings this up. There are very few people that he can trust that don't work for him. It's basically just Emiko and now maybe her. The only yeah. other like big significant uh, relationship that he has currently is with his CFO Broderick, who has been as close to an uncle to him as he can get over these mm-hmm. last few years. Uh, but we do see that ultimately Ollie and Dinah are just, they are diametrically opposed in their beliefs. And so Dinah says, I need some time to figure out what this is. Because, and we didn't mention this yet, the underground men were about to ship people off in a Queen Industries shipping container, mm. which raises all sorts of questions. Mm. And so Oliver goes to a goes to his company and meets with his assistant. I don't remember what her name. Oh, th- her name's uh, Wendy. My mother's Wendy. name. My mother's name. Oh. I should know that better. Uh, and so he's like, I want to do some digging. And so he and Wendy go through the files and they find some interesting questions of which Oliver wants some answers. So he goes to visit Broderick automatically. Anyone who just wears a bow tie in a regular business setting, that's not someone you can trust. Kind of sus, dude. Incredible. He's in like full on dinner jacket wear. Like, yep just in the boardroom and it's the middle of the day super sauce super sauce dude i have a feeling he might be the imposter i i don't know like he he looks like the kind of guy who would wear a dorito head it's interesting he does have that kind of head shape it's very strange he does and so oliver comes to him to his friend and he's like hey i've noticed a bunch of weird shit with the company and Broderick fucking gaslights him and C- CFO splains him on yeah. like 
this is just, this is all very confusing for you, I know, but you know, we'll have a conversation and I'll, you know, I'll explain it all to you. I'm glad this, that you're wanting to be more involved. This Mr. Earl level motherfucker Ugh. from Batman Begins. Like, <laughs> didn't Gross. you get the memo? Like didn't this you motherfucker. Get the memo? <laughs> this fucking guy. And so Oliver leaves technical. and then he makes a phone call. It's I love the immediate shift in the weather. Yes. Behind them. Just as soon as Oliver leaves, crackoom, there's thunder and lightning. And that's Roderick reaching into his jacket and calling someone. Like, it's time. And <laughs> like, it's not even a normal crackoom. It's a crackadoo. Crackadoom. And then a thrackadoom. Oliver heads back to his penthouse. All the lights are off. And he is beset upon by arrows just immediately he was not prepared for this and i love he reaches in to the the spider cage um pulls out a key (laughs) unlocks a drawer and pulls out the dorito mask he's a dorito man uh oliver is being attacked with arrows just lit up just fucking lit up by these arrows and he manages to grab a bow, pulls the arrows out of his shoulder to use them against others. Hard. And he is confronted by Shadow. Maybe the world's best archer. And she and Oliver engage in fisticuffs. Emiko enters the room. He tells her to run. Uh, Emiko grabs a bow, grabs an arrow, and shoots Oliver in the back. Boom. And the issue ends with Shadow and Emiko standing over Oliver's body and Emiko saying, where have you been, mother? I've been waiting such a long time. Holy shit. What a first issue. Now, I mean, we knew, you know, the relationship there that she was, you know, Shadow's shadow's daughter and robert queen's daughter and if 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 you're reading this for the first time though i think that plays as a really great reveal absolutely and that's kind of one of the reasons why it's good to not that's cool read prior material before this because you get yeah i think that this plays as a better reveal remember when they introduced emiko into the new 52 because they said well on the tv show arrow he has a sister who's younger so we need to give him a sister who's younger in the comics and then uh and they just the went ahead and introduced Emiko again. <laughs> the show introduced Emiko as a seven sister. <laughs> the serpent that? That eating cool. its own tail. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Comics are fun. TV Though you know what? Fun. I'm always I'm always gonna fucking say it. I needed to see more of Thea Queen. I loved that character. Yeah. Yeah. And she deserved more than she was. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. Uh it made I her understand she didn't want to do it after a point i i, I can get that, which is fair yeah willa holland fucking crushed on that show she was awesome willa holland has been great in everything i've seen her in good shit good shit uh issue two again dope fucking cover hard this cover, cover this cover goes so fucking hard and so the second issue opens up on the waters of seattle shadow and emiko have taken Oliver's boat, and they are going to uh, stage a death of sorts. Mm-hmm. And so they empty a bottle of looks like either Jack Daniels or a Johnny Walker. Yeah, 
throw some syringes down, which again, so funny, fucked up, so fucked, fucked up. A little bit of a little bit of powder in a packet too. A little bit of powder in a packet. <laughs> so fucked, dude. <laughs> and they dump his body overboard and into the waters below to stage his death. And genuinely, if they had bait and switched this, and this became a Black Canary book, would have been incredible. Yeah, if if even if it was just for like you know six issues or like a year or something, yeah, it was just gone. That would have been really awesome. What a fucking start oh, to it! And then she series. becomes the new like Green Arrow. She learns how to well, not not even that, but like she learns how to fight with a bow. She's still Black Canary, but That'd like be cool. That'd be just cool. switches up the color of her jacket from blue to green. Ah, oh, that'd be cool. We get a little uh electra daredevil out of it for like a year that'd be really sick dope as fuck uh but we see that emiko and shadow aren't just out here because they want to dump uh oliver's body they're here because this is the sickest fucking base i have ever seen in my goddamn life this base is so cool it is so cool the inferno terrifying the inferno <laughs> needs to be utilized somewhere else because uh, this fucking yeah. base is incredible. The empire would never. Like, the empire <laughs> could never. The inquisitorious like, wig has been snatched. Never. Yeah. You could never in a million years outdo this base. It is fucking incredible. This thing's like, talk- what if we took the superstar destroyer and then made it even better? <laughs> made it way better, dude. I. Because we talked about video games, right? Yeah. This is a fucking video game. Oh, this is... I this mean, this base, whole volume is just a video game, for sure. This base <laughs> fucking video game levels 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is like, you look at this and you... Like, this is a setting for a Metroid game. Yeah. yeah. This is so sick. It's so cool. And what a cool stands, design. If we do get another... You know, if we get a Green Arrow game... Side scroller Metroidvania, I'm into it. In the Inferno, let's do that mm, shit. Let's do that I, shit. I could be into it. I could be into that. You you remember we did uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate, and it was kind yeah. of similar to that. Yeah, I'm very into that much shit. That. Yeah, I'm into that shit. And so, <laughs> can I see... a deep trackpad? <laughs> <laughs> and so we meet the uh, the denizens of the Inferno, the Burned. Also sick mm-hmm. as fuck. Terrifying. Um, and Oliver's body drifts to the bottom of the ocean. We cut to outside Abu Dhabi, where we are... Um, Abu Dhabi. Are, Abu Dhabi, where we are encountered by a Mr. Canute, who is rolling through, uh, getting protected by one John Diggle. Hell I yeah. Me, I love me some John Diggle. Hell Yeah. If you were a fan of the show, you know who this person is. Yep. You know what he's all about. Yep. They basically transposed him from the show into the comic. Yep, just made him like 100%. maybe just like a little bit younger. A little bit younger, like Bald. up two notches of being badass. Yeah. Because David Ramsey is a badass on his own. David Ramsey is a badass. He's awesome. He's the best. Uh, but this is this is John Diggle in a world where there is already a John Stewart, so he's allowed to be his own character. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> he's allowed to be a better character. <laughs> and so 
Diggle is bit, and I love that this is. It's like I paid you an outrageous sum because everyone said John Diggle would keep me safe. That you were the closest thing to James Bond in private security. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That's cool. That's cool as fuck hell. Yeah. That's cool as hell. And so we see Diggle go into work, doing his thing. Unfortunately, Mr. Canute is uh, beset upon by one of the uh, one of the burned, and he is burned alive. And we see now what happens to the victims of the burn. They are roasted to a crisp, and two coins are left on their eyes, each Jeez. showing the symbol of the nine circles. Yeah love that interesting shit. Ooh, what's that about i wonder very cool uh then we cut to spider-man uh no way home where yeah. uh black canary is standing on a rooftop as the rain falls and we get a bunch of bullshit being spouted in the media yeah uh we see that the authorities found the boats they also found the body of wendy his assistant washed up on the shore which i feel fucking terrible yeah that, that kind of sucks because she you know that the only reason they did that was because she was with him when he had just to frame him yeah yeah and so um broderick that asshole is like well we all knew that he lived two lives as a philanthropist but also as a piece of shit mm-hmm just what happens sometimes hopefully the company will make it through this fucking hate him um canary i also i also think it's kind of fun that her uh her narration boxes are just the fishnets yeah i think that's kind of cool it's kind of dope and so we cut back and they're different every time they are which it's i not think the same like line pattern it is yeah. different every time which is cool testament to the artist and so yeah. we see uh black canary is hell-bent on fighting whoever did this and solving this crime we cut over to henry who's gaming probably mm-hmm. playing dark souls or some shit i don't know Ugh, and nerd we see this uh not playing good games like spider-man too mm-hmm. uh we see... <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. uh we see that he gets a ping on an emergency homing beacon henry goes out to find it and this is very this is a great pull for a reveal that goes on later because the homing beacon is from emiko and so henry goes finds oliver's body washed up ashore and goes to help him next page we get this again kind of diving into you know talking about the dante's inferno aspect of it um oliver queen falling into hell essentially yeah. uh being consumed by the dragon uh really good really good uh framework and imagery here yeah i was like this page is kind of incredible it's fucking dope um even just like without the word balloons like this yeah. would look incredible you can tell exactly what's going on yeah, yeah. and so Oliver Queen wakes up, um, having been nursed back to health by Henry Finney. He isn't a bad kisser. Yeah, she's like a pretty friend is awake, and he isn't a bad kisser. Oh, man. And so Oliver, uh, we find out, has been out for about two weeks. And so in that time, his reputation has been destroyed. They blow up his apartment building. Uh, I I do like that he's wearing the Sherwood 
t-shirt. Love that. Great pull. Love that. But also this next page, I think, is hilarious comic booking. <laughs> no! <laughs> hilarious comic book. It's if you want to tell someone, if someone asks you, like, what are comic books about? And I'm like, this page. <laughs> this page tells you everything you need to know about sequential comic books. There's an explosion, him shouting to the heavens, and then on his oh. knees. <laughs> and then oh. <laughs> with the question mark this is as perfect a comic book page without any dialogue it's as you so can find goofy. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> it is goofy as fuck and i love it so much oh yeah and so uh at the seattle police impound lot canary does not know that oliver is alive mm -hmm. and she finds the boat that was impounded and she's going and checking it out and she sees that imprinted on it is the symbol of the nine circles and in doing further research she finds all of the reports of the uh victims of the burn and as she continues her investigation oliver gets to his bunker a secret base that he had set up uh long ago yep. and decides i'm going to fucking take back my city so this is it back to basics Back to basics. Brings us to uh, issue three. Again, sick as fuck cover. I love this. Yeah. And we are introduced to now not just cover artist, but interior artist Juan Ferreira. The moment. Oh, my this shit. God. I love I mean, just, this shit. You look at that first page and just the staging of that page where it's Framing. this beautiful city background and then in the Space Needle, you see Ollie, like, big, knocking an arrow, like, to match the pattern of the Space Needle. Like, it, how do you think of this stuff? Like, this is this is an artist at his apex. Absolutely. It's so awesome. Playing so on awesome. the highest level. My God, it's so good. And so we see him make essentially a zip line from the Space Needle to the roof of Queen Industries. I and just think he's here for the zip line. He's just here for the zip line, man. <laughs> and so he makes his way over there. He's able to knock out a security guard, uh, two, in fact, and yeah. makes his way down to Broderick's office, though. I love this reveal. Also, one for his use of architecture. Yeah. To show passage of time and his panels is really well utilized. I love Incredible. this shit. Incredible. Like, uh he he works very well for the panel by panel like view yes, on a digital reader. Which we have stated on this book club is one of our favorite things. Yeah, I, I think he he is one of those master artists for that. Because if you're reading this panel by panel, it is just flowing. Like you are moving with it. It it uses the momentum very well. 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Perfect example is this elevator. Like we mm -hmm. have the long elevator showing not just the elevator itself, but the shaft and you follow down with him. Yeah. with the three sequential panels next to him just great comic booking absolutely great comic booking Incredible. and the page turn reveal of him being so focused so focused oh fuck as the, as the elevator door opens and he is surrounded by the burn 
I love the I've snuck my way into the building so I, that I might fight my way out of hell. That's so Great awesome. fucking writing. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> so we cut over to the Cathedral of San Lorenzo, uh, Rome, Italy, where Diggle is here to uh, confess. But not confess with words, confess with a gun! As he, <laughs> as he's, it is very, uh, call an ambulance, but not for me. Not for me. <laughs> call a priest, but not for me. For me. Uh, where he is, uh, puts this priest at gunpoint, and he, like, tips the little cross to open up a secret lair, where we are introduced to Virgil. And I am not familiar with this character before or after. Uh, no, I but think he's he just is, He is a victim of the burn who was able to escape and knows a little something, something about the nine circles. Mm-hmm. And so, also, can we just state the nine circles design? Sick as fuck. It's so cool. Sick it's so as cool. fuck. You know what's great about it? It hurts your eyes to look at it for too long. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you that. try to count the rings to get, and they're all there yeah. are nine rings. There, there are nine. It hurts your eyes. It hurts. Don't stare at it too long. It's the curse yeah. of the nine rings. It's cool. Uh, so Virgil gives uh, Diggle all of the information needs needs to know about the nine rings and the burn. Meanwhile, speaking of the burn, Oliver Queen is fighting for his goddamn life. As he Hell makes it yeah. from one end of the room to another, stealing a key card as he goes, and he enters into the into Broderick's room and finds him wearing that Dorito mask. Yeah. And Ollie's pissed. Ollie's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you!" And I I love this line where he's like, "This arrow, when it strikes your chest, will carry you out the window. You'll only have a few seconds of pain and panic before detonating in a red flash." I love him telling someone exactly how an arrow works because he's like, you are not going to be able to fucking stop me. Nope. And he says, you know, tell me why you killed Wendy, why you destroyed my life. And Broderick reveals to him, he's like, you were a great patsy and you were great for fucking tax breaks. But when you discovered what we were actually doing here, you had to be taken off the table. Simple as that. It's not personal. It's just business. It's literally what just happened to him in Green Arrow year one. Yes exactly which makes it even fucking worse yeah that these people continue to betray him as he gets closer to them he keeps trusting people and keeps trusting the wrong people because of his privilege a weird theme Hmm. almost like we planned it that way almost like we (laughs) planned it yeah (laughs) and his name is john c uh, so we, uh, so is that Green Arrow's theme? <laughs> and his name is Green Arrow. <laughs> he, dude, that fucking like that that page where he jumps down from the roof and it's all, all him is just. Da, 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 da. It's not his theme, but he definitely listens to that in his earbuds a lot. He absolutely, <laughs> it's that and, and the Doctor Thugonomics theme. So, you think you're untouchable. Ward life! This is basic thugonomics! That's exactly... Yeah, he listens to those on repeat. Fuck. That's it. I love Green Arrow. Uh, (laughs) He's the best! He's the best guy! So, Shadow all of a sudden busts through the door 
does not try yeah. to see it. He didn't lock it. She just busts again, through the door. Because of one for her, we see her busting through the door in a way that we would not see it from any other artist. It's we so see the hallway true. filled with the burned and her busting in through the door. Arrow <laughs> already so knocked sick. in midair. It's so sick. <laughs> and so the two of them uh, fire their arrows. Uh, Oliver is able to dismantle uh, her arrow and he's like, fucking sick as he uh dukes of hazard slides across broderick's desk, ste so desk stealing the laptop and he says you'll burn for this as he breaks a window jumps out kaboom the red flash so takes over the room as often than again beautiful comic booking from juan ferrera we pan over to black canary threatening ezra as the explosion from the tower is mm -hmm. off in the distance completely unnoticed uh-huh love it she doesn't notice that shit she's tunnel visioned on ezra yep. and she's like look you need to give me the information he's like i don't work for you and she's like no, you work for the Green Arrow. Green Arrow is dead. So now you work for me. And I don't pay people in money. I pay them in broken bones. So we are going to see how many it takes for you to tell me the information I want. Mommy. Um, can I just go ahead and say it would take all of my bones. Break all of them. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll give you the information, but only if you break my bones. Only if you break my bones, please. Like, I'll give you the information first, then can you break my bones? Just stump me, please. Stump oh my me. God. Um, just fuck uh good lord um yeah so we find out that uh ezra knows where the shipment container is going because it's going to the inferno oh my god and we get the inferno again and one for draws it even better oh, it <laughs> looks like a fucking sith base yeah yeah like this shit incredible this is like the ultimate like control spire. Do you remember the control spires in yes. Digimon? Like, this is like the ultimate Holy version of that. Shit, it is like, the this control is like spires from Digimon. Insane next level hardcore control spire. Like <laughs> Holy fuck. That is this so is true. this is the ultimate villain base. It's the coolest villain base I've ever seen. It's the coolest villain it's so base sick. ever. It's so sick. Especially when it's drawn by one Ferreira. Yeah, Holy fuck. my god, it's so cool. It's so cool. And I think the best thing about it is how fucking impractical it looks. Like, yes! this thing, A, should not be floating, and B, is literally cracked in half. Yeah, it's like it's like the second Death Star. How, like, it's still, you know, like, how being it's, built. Yeah, looking decrepit a little bit. But it looks really messed up because it's still yeah. being built. <laughs> it's like that. And it's like, wow, how, how does that work? I, I love seeing like the smokestacks coming off of it too. Like, yeah, it's it's so cool. It's so creepy. This looks like it came out of a Studio Ghibli nightmare, and I love it. Oh my god, the worst nightmare! Like, speaking of the worst nightmare, <laughs> we're introduced to Dante. <laughs> Dante, not that one, not the cute Devil May Cry character, and um, not not Jason Momoa in Fast X. You're so Dante, enchanté. You're so real for that. <laughs> Uh, by it's the way, I have, I have to mention this. I haven't really mentioned it anywhere else because I'm, you know, private about things. Uh, I am an uncle now. Um, my, oh sister, my, God. my sister Megan gave birth to her son this past weekend. Congratulations, thank Megan. You. Thank Congratulations, you. Thank you. Congratulations, Eric. Congrats to Megan. Um, oh, my God. Love you, sis. Um, 
but her and she she is very active on the on the the socials the social medias and she posted in one of her instagram stories uh the first movie that she's watching with her her baby boy baby lander the fast one is this movie which one i couldn't i couldn't find out which one it was but that's it just sick, i love that shit i was like oh yeah that's sick that that's my nephew that's you, my nephew you know for sure you know why family family it's all about family it's all about got family. instill that value very early on oh yeah absolutely fuck i love that uh that's but yeah, awesome so, oh congratulations man yeah thank you Th- like that's i said amazing. it's you know what i said it on wednesday uh it's been a good week it has hell been yeah week. hell yeah and so um we see that weirdly enough uh broderick answers to dante which i think is mm-hmm. incredible there's a boss Everyone above the boss the almost like a dante. almost like a darth vader darth sidious thing mm. are you saying that dante is pulling him aside and asking do you know the story of darth plagueis the wise do you know the story <laughs> of robert queen the wise <laughs> Uh, Some would I, consider unnatural. <laughs> and Emiko's like, is it possible to learn this power? <laughs> Not from an archer. <laughs> I do love also <laughs> that they very clearly, again, fucking Juan Ferreira, showed the battle damage to Broderick's mask. Yeah. It is fucked. Yeah, I love that shit. It's missing a lens, like yeah. (laughs) It's a lens, half of it's blown off. Like, love that shit. Yeah. And so Emiko is there witnessing this whole thing, and Dante, who's a little fucking creep, is basically like, "Look, someone has to pay for this," and he turns specifically to Emiko. He's like, "You were in charge of fucking killing him." Yep. Someone's got to pay for this, whether it's him. I'm going to whoop you. your ass. I'm going to whoop your ass. And so we get this great double page spread of Oliver Queen on the rooftops of Seattle as he battles against Shadow. Again, sequential art running from panel to panel, the movement, God. the pace, the tempo. You see every step incredible. that they take. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. It's so cool. So fucking cool. Using uh, the little point. green panels to highlight the movements too. Yes. Is so sick. Green blocks. Yeah. And so at a certain point, the bus fucking stops and Oliver's flung off of it onto the ground in front of the police. Yeah. And Looks they like it hurts. Yeah, it does. And they're like, you fucking tried to bomb Queen Industries. We're not listening to you anymore, buddy. We cut back to the Inferno where we see that Dante is going to peel the flesh from Emiko's bones if they do not uh, figure out this Oliver Queen problem. And then Emiko's like, I have the fucking solution for you if you will just listen to me for one goddamn second. And she looks at a picture. She says, enhance. 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 As we see a boat heading towards the, uh, towards the Inferno, and Black Canary is on board. Chapter four. Uh, we see Oliver confronted by the police. He is able to escape 
again doing that sick dukes of hazard slide he loves that shit yeah he loves a slide he loves him some slide <laughs> and he is running through the park when he runs smack dab into john diggle Whoa! i fucking love this page this page with the with the title card of burn your, burn bridges, your bridges over the bridge Beautiful. Over the bridge in the middle Beautiful. of the Queen Industries building, still on fire from the explosion. Beautiful. <laughs> like, this is a page I would want as a poster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important here to illustrate some context. Because this entire time, John Diggle and Oliver Queen have been kind of on this collision course. Though it's yeah. very obvious that Diggle and Oliver know each other. They've worked mm -hmm. together before. He got an anonymous tip that Oliver Queen was dead, which was what brought him to Seattle in the first place. Malcolm, can you give a little bit of context for this partnership? Yeah. Uh, uh, in the New 52, they work together. Uh, you know, they, 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 they're, you know, cordial enough. Uh, and then it all comes down to what it always comes down to between men. Uh they both loved the same woman. And it ended badly. For everyone. For everybody. That's all you that's all you need. That's all she wrote. That's and it. that was the dissolution of the New 52 team arrow as we knew them. Which yeah. I do like. I like breaking apart the team and then in this run kind of slowly bring them back together. Mm -hmm. It makes the world feel lived in. It makes these characters feel like they have ex like both shared and individual experiences i love it it's great yeah so we cut over to the boat that black canary has fucking commandeered i love this she's like tell me what i want to know this collar will disengage in an hour and if they, and if you don't i will vaporize your skull cool she is intense so sick. she is fucking intense uh we've my uh, my partner and I have recently been catching up on the latest season of My Hero, and we were taken aback by how fucking intense Mirko is as a character. Same energy. Oh, yeah. Same yeah. fucking energy. Black yeah. Canary has major Mirko energy. <laughs> yeah. Big Mirko energy. BME, we'll say. BME. Oh, yeah. Big Mirko oh, yeah. energy. You're right. Canary makes her way into the Inferno and is uh, unfortunately found and tranked by Emiko. Dropped to the ground, she has been captured. Meanwhile, back on the bridge, Diggle is there, and he's fucking pissed. He's like, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. And he does. So. Yeah. He kicks Oliver's ass, sends him toppling over the bridge, and then it's just guys being dudes. He's yeah. like, all right, now that I've kicked your ass, let's get to work. We're good. Let's do it. <laughs> I love that shit. It's dumb, yeah. and it's fucking, it might be toxic masculinity, but I fucking love that shit. Well, it's also very real. <laughs> it is so real. Sometimes you just need to have a quick homie scrap, and then you can move yeah. on. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Inferno, uh, we see Shadow arguing with Dante about her daughter still being more or less held captive and dante's like hey fuck you i run this show mm -hmm. and we see that all the all the um 
more or less all the pieces are in place. Uh, Diggle and Oliver are like, we're going to go to the... We're going to figure this out, and we have the best bargaining chip. We have the laptop. The laptop. They want this laptop. We know they want it. It's our best bet. So they show up to Henry's apartment, and Henry just being like, fuck, I can't. Fuck, leave me alone. Just, no, this sucks. <laughs> a reluctant hero. I love this. But they're able to bring him on board, and the two of them get into, all right, let's figure this out. All of a sudden... All of the monitors shift. You are not alone. You are. No, not just kidding. Alone. Um, it's Dante who's like, "Hey, looky what I got!" And he shows Black Canary. Emiko is also there with major, major fucking goblin energy. Yeah. She's just like, "God, ah, I have a knife." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> "Look at my oh, hair! Look at my hair!" Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, look, bring the laptop or we will fucking slit her throat. Yep. Those are the terms. Yep. Thing shuts off. They're like, fuck. Okay, we don't know what to do. We can't hack into this laptop. And then Henry Fife knocks over his fucking Powerade straight under the laptop. Dude. <sighs> Come on. Like, I love it. Jesus. And she's like, oh, oh, did I do that? And it's at this point where I was like, so is Henry working for the bad guys? Is that what's happening? There <laughs> is, is a strong there? possibility, but also I love shit like this because it makes it feel like a heist movie. Because the most important thing that happens in a heist movie is when the plan goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Make most the important thing. Execute the plan. <laughs> it's like, make the plan, execute the plan, realize the plan is wrong, throw away the plan. Throw away the plan. <laughs> That's heist writing 101. Yeah. And so Henry says, look, I have also, I, I trace their location. Let's fucking go. And so and by let's go. I mean, you two go. Yeah. <laughs> and by let's, bed. I mean, you. I will of course support you from way <laughs> over here. It is two o'clock in the morning. and I need to go back to bed. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and so, uh, Diggle and Ollie make their way again. Fucking, I love the Inferno, dude. It's terrifying. It's always raining at the Inferno. It is always raining at the <laughs> it's Inferno. Always raining. This motherfucker's in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle or some shit. Like it's it's always raining. Oh, it's, it's so sick. Good. It's so cool. And Oliver says, "No laptop means no leverage means no options except a full scale assault." Hell and it's yeah. just these two little guys just being little guys, just dudes being mm -hmm. guys being pals. Makes as sense. As they roll up to the greatest supervillain lair we have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Brings us to issue number five. The Inferno. And I love the framing of this. Yeah. Dante is about to burn Black Canary as Ollie and Diggle are about to dive into hell. They make their way in. Um, they are able to take out a couple of the followers. Diggle gets uh, one of their cloaks and masks as a disguise. He makes his way into the boardroom as Oliver tries to fight his way through the Inferno to get to uh, Black Canary. And he realizes, holy shit, 
this isn't just a villain base. This is a fucking bank. This is a repository of all the underground wealth from all these different villainous CEOs and corporations. And a lot of it is mine. Mine. This is what I've been searching for. This is what I've been hunting for to get my wealth back. This is coming with me. And so he obviously prioritizes he goes to try and find everybody and that's when we find out when we cut back to Dinah being held by Shadow and Emiko that Emiko has been playing both sides the entire time. She's been a mole! She's been a double agent! And so she frees Canary. Canary is able to uh, defeat Shadow. That's when Ollie rolls up and then Emiko explains, hey, Remember when I shot you in the back? That was very specifically a trank arrow. And we see that she has trank arrows from when she tranked Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember when I tossed you overboard and Henry found your fucking body because of my, my homing beacon? beacon? Yep. You're welcome. Also, yep. hey, remember when John Diggle got a got an anonymous tip from a secured line, an encrypted person telling him that you were dead, which brought him back here? You're welcome. And it's just such a it's just such fucking good writing. It's good writing. Yeah. It's good writing. It's good, it's good writing. comic booking. Benjamin mm-hmm. Percy has my heart forever. It we're just living in Emiko Queen's world. It's yeah, her world. It's her world we're, we're just, just living, living in it. That's all. She's been the main character of this book. Because <laughs> she's the only one with a plan. And so she's like, let's and I love Ollie's face during this whole exchange too he's just like (laughs) and emiko reveals like was i secretly spying on you this whole time yeah yeah i was but you know what you won me over i had a choice and i fucking chose you that's so sick god it's so good and then we get the reunion black canary green arrow she walks up you idiot and she slaps the shit out of him perfect page of green arrow and black canary comic book this is a perfect page benjamin percy gets it and he juan ferreira it. sells it that's exactly it holy fuck he's like why uh, the hell didn't you tell me you were alive he's like i i, did, I didn't have time i, I i'm sorry like, <laughs> i was in a coma for two weeks i don't know what to say he's like, like i didn't think you care you made it clear you wanted some distance she says that's what i do ollie i push people away it's up to you not to let me go and she pulls and him into the kiss him. and it's you know it's a good looking kiss we we talked before about the uh the star wars leia and han like mm-hmm that's the who head, they are. That's who they are. Yeah. The headstrong princess and the low down dirty scoundrel. Yeah. Except the uh the roles are reversed because that princess is a queen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I fucking love their dynamic. I love them. I love Emiko just being like fucking gross. Just, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. But the three of them hug. Their families reunited. Diggle rocks up. He's like, I am also here. 
<laughs> in a very like Piccolo way in Dragon Ball. He's like, I am yeah. also here. Let's get back to he business, is, please. He's the Piccolo of this family. He really right. is. Oh shit. He's even got the Piccolo cloak on. Like that furthers the argument that Piccolo is a black man. Oh, we he's always been coded that way. Yeah. He always has. Yeah. Yeah. And and so they are they're basically surrounded by the burned and they got to fight their way out of the inferno the uh dante all of them smiling and firing is they're so like fuck because awesome. they're just like, they're together again they're together and they're like this is it this like is we're family. outnumbered like, <laughs> we're taking them out we're outnumbered we're in the belly of the beast they don't stand a chance and they fucking let it fly they're rolling through at one point shadow and or shadow grabs emiko um and ollie has to make a choice because they still need to go back for his wealth he needs to get his money back but he chooses his people instead and he blows up the fucking inferno setting everything ablaze we see uh shadow having knocked out emiko escapes in a helicopter leaving broderick and dante to die uh yep. oliver is able to take solace if momentarily in the fact that emiko is at least safe if not with mm -hmm. them and they all escape from the wreckage of the inferno however oliver is hit by some of the falling debris falls into the water and passes out and he wakes up on the island what a fucked up ending <laughs> and that's the end of the volume that's the that's end of the so volume sick that it ends up with him back on an island and he's like not again <laughs> i fucking love it it's so good like what a fucking ending to an absolutely awesome. incredible volume awesome uh malcolm final thoughts what was your favorite part i love this man <laughs> i love this this is awesome it's a great read it's so fun yeah um uh favorite part i mean this is my oliver queen like this this is very close to my oliver queen i should say yeah uh you know this is the closest for years that we would get to my oliver queen i i love that guy i he's one of my favorite characters and so i i think my favorite part of this is ollie it's him growing into becoming the oliver that i loved for years uh yeah this book rips <laughs> sure fucking does i feel the same way i loved this i thought this was incredible um resetting the deck bringing every all the pieces back on the board um whatever other board game analogies i can make like uh, this was yeah great reestablishing everyone returning oliver and dinah back together even if they're not on the page that they were pre new 52 they're on the road and i they're love that they can challenge each other that they are um diametrically opposed in certain places but that at the end of the day they understand how much they need each other i love this shit and then the ending holy fuck um great cliffhanger for the first volume for the first story i loved this i absolutely yeah. loved this volume to put them together right at the end just to tear them apart right yes. at the end is so satisfying so satisfying just good comic booking just good, good comic books um so that does it before we get into next week's uh malcolm 
we've got seven arrows in the quiver. So what time is it? It's time to knock those arrows, baby. It's the mail Ayo. time. If you would like to be part of the Geeksplained Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put at this point just quiver something quiver in the subject header and we will read it here on the friday show yeah. our first email we're, we we've actually gotten some comments in these emails so stay tuned for that for a second okay um, our first email comes from good brother friend of the podcast jesse pickering jesse love me Hello. some jesse good friend Hello. of mine one of my groomsmen i love this guy he's Hello, been catching jesse. up on the podcast and the book club for a good long while now and he starts the email by saying hey star city enforcers <laughs> hey now <laughs> jesse gets it hey jesse now. gets it there we uh, go. He writes, at the time I'm writing this, I am almost caught up to both the main podcast and the book club. I'm just a few episodes behind. I had to scroll to through the most recent episode to discover the new name of the mailbag. If you have time, I'd like to hear what you think of a pitch it idea that's been brewing in my head for a while. I'm going to give you the slightly more condensed version. Let me know if you want any more details. It's a crossover that will probably never happen, but I'd love to see done. If you don't have time, that's perfectly fine. I just want you to know I love you all and hope you have a wonderful week. May the force be with you. Jesse, Jesse Pickering. Hey, so you, this is a very extensive pitch. I absolutely love it. We do have seven emails to get to, which I guess is a good problem to have. So I'm going to give you the cliff notes of this. Please. So basically, uh, it focuses on Commander Galen Morganis during the Clone Wars. In Star it's kind of funny. We're okay. mentioning Star Wars throughout this okay. episode. Um, Commander Galen Morganis, who is a Jedi Padawan, helps to lead the Galactic Republic in their fight for control of the Brug Batani system, a system that is rife with strife. Um, and during the battle, there is a there's an interesting uh, thing that happens. So they are led into more or less a black hole that pops them out into a strange new sector. And they don't know where this, what's going on or where anything is coming from, but they know that their force now comes from another source entirely. Meanwhile, in another part of this new universe, White Lantern Kyle Rayner sees a few power rings being pulled to sector 1977. That's where he is accompanied up. by Saint Walker and Carol Ferris, Blue Lantern Saint Walker and Star Sapphire Carol Ferris, and they find that Galen Morganis is accepted into the Blue Lantern Corps, and now we've got your Star Wars Green Lantern crossover. That's fucked up. That's some big brain shit. It is some big brain shit. I love the idea of this. Um, he said that there are looming mysteries where did these other rings go um what happens to these new ring bearers and he ends the pitch off with dc comics proudly presents the star wars and dc comics crossover blue lantern core a blue hope sick i love That's it sick. the only thing that That's i tight. would say that i would change about this is i would call it blue lantern core blue harvest 
Fuck, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's because cute. if you don't know, that's cute, dear listener. The original working shooting title of Star Wars was called Blue Harvest. And oh, I, I just that, thought that was a Family Guy reference. That's where they got the name from. I was, I was just being funny. Fuck off! I hate you. Um, but yeah, great <laughs> pitch, Jesse. I love that shit. Uh, next awesome. up, we have an email from Ben C. Dela Cruz. Ben C. Who writes up book clubbers? I'm officially caught up on the entirety of the book club. Yay! Yay. And I'm now listening to the series week by week. I've never read Percy's Green Arrow run before, but I'm picking up the Predator versus Wolverine crossover, and I've read a good chunk of his Ghost Rider, so I know just how good Percy's writing is. Also, I was a little shocked, but none too surprised, that Eric didn't know about iJoker, so I'm going to recommend an obscure slash less well-known elsewhere else world title every time i write in since i'm so hyped for okay. the imprint finally being properly brought back and i want to let people know about more overlooked comics i think that's a great idea yeah Do it. please else world was that. such a great um imprint for so long that there's so many books yeah i'm thrilled uh, writes, they're bringing it back yes my obscure else world recommendation this week is jla age of wonder which i absolutely have heard of and i fucking love yeah i was gonna say i i think i read he writes, which is about superheroes appearing during the Industrial Revolution, working alongside yes. the likes of Tesla and Edison and drastically changing the course of the early 20th century. I've got yes. two questions for you all this week. Um, unfortunately, uh, Ben, Jacob isn't going to be able to answer as we stated before, but I'll text him and see what, uh, what answer I can get for you. Uh, yeah. But the other question is, what's your guys' favorite running gag from any season of the book club? I.e. French violence, good hair, Eric's intros for all the women in Ultimate Spider-Man, etc. Wishing the best, Ben. That's a good fucking question. That's a good question. It might be the girl from the wrong side of the tracks i fucking it love might, it it might be that it that makes sexy, me so song. happy <laughs> it might be that it makes me happy uh for those of you who aren't aware i pulled that music from la noir oh um, really video game yeah that's where i, I got that song aware. from i was very curious yeah i was that like this chime. is like perfect noir just... that's what the girls I can't say it. I'm, I miss it. I miss it. I miss her. Yeah, I, miss say, her. Just miss her. <laughs> I miss her. Oh, God. Um, that is a really good one. That is a really good one. I do love yeah. the ones you mentioned. French violence, I think, was the first. French violence. Uh, I mean, was a the classic. first one that we we ever really came up with. I mean, almost there. <sighs> It's iconic to the point that it's been used in a poster, whether they want I mean, to admit is, it or not. That is kind of legendary. Whether they want to admit it or not. That we is kind did of that. Legendary. We literally did that. We did That's that. That's true. That's true. You know what? That's a good point. That might be that might be the best bit. <laughs> it might be our crowning achievement. That might be our crowning achievement because no matter what anyone says that happened <laughs> that was us that was us that was us uh i i don't think a bit was as fun as good hair though good i hair we is, had we had too much that, fun that's with the that. most fun <laughs> <laughs> though i think my favorite um my favorite bit probably uh probably started uh two years ago 
don't don't do this don't do this that's not a that's not a bit that's just but not torture. two years ago of that's right just, now that's torture. not the two years ago of the start of this volume not the two years ago of this year but the two years ago of right now blood just because... starts pouring out of my nose <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's stigmatizing as we speak. Um, yeah, we we've. It's funny because like, I think the best bits are the ones that come out organically like that. Like, yeah, the ones that we don't plan for and just kind of come back. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's hard to beat almost there, and then all of the girl intros. I loved coming up with the intros for each of the girls in Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah. The girl like, who walks and, and that fire. was a collaborative thing too because like every so often when i'd get stuck i'd send a couple samples to jacob and malcolm and be like what yeah. what do you think and they'd give the feedback so i do that that one does have a special place in my heart yeah that sure. was that was really that was cooking um our next email comes from good brother jacob goodhart jacob uh jacob writes dear geeks playing podcast after Spending my entire long weekend playing Spider-Man 2, I can safely say this is the best Spider-Man game ever made. And I can't wait to see them top themselves with the eventual sequel. But I gushed about the game last week. This week we're talking about the hottest comic DC has made in the Rebirth era. And no, I don't mean that only because Black Canary is in it, though that does play a factor. This might be just the most gorgeous of the DC Rebirth books. That's fair. Yeah says, as much as I love the art of Howard Porter in The Flash, Juan Ferreira and Otto Schmidt's art in the series slaps. The full splash page of The Inferno looks like something out of a metal album that I want to pin on my wall. Totally agree. Yeah. Chris, yeah. now, un unlike you guys, I'm not the biggest GA fan. Like many, I was introduced to the character through the Justice League Unlimited cartoon where he gets some of the best moments in the series. For a Hell while, I didn't... yeah. So true. For a while, I didn't... Uh, for a while, I didn't know what he meant when he said he was a lefty. I just thought it meant he was left-handed, <laughs> which is fair. As a kid, you don't That's know that shit. Fair. As a kid, you don't know. Yeah. But revisiting that scene years later hits so much more now. And then we got Arrow. Now, it wasn't until years later, after reading some GA comics, that I saw just how badly that show missed the mark. Ollie can be a hard-ass like we see here, but he's not a Batman ripoff. Also, this book is what really introduced me to Black Canary, and it awoke something in me. Mostly a woman who can kick my ass which we all love. We do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He writes, honestly, I really dove, I do. I really love Ollie. He's got a heart of gold. That's just a little prickly. And I was really bummed when this run ended and we didn't get a new green arrow book until Joshua Williamson's run came out this year for a long yep. time. I was hoping Tom Taylor would pick up the bow and start giving us stories since GA is one of his favorite characters. I would love that shit. Uh, it's what I've been waiting for. His story in the <laughs> GA 1000 issue is one of my favorites. It is actually the, I believe, 80th anniversary issue. 80th and anniversary, yeah. Keep an eye out for that one. Keep an eye, yeah. Keep, just keep, keep that one hang on, on to that. Hang on to um, that. But Benjamin Percy is quickly climbing my ranks in writers with how much I love his series and his current Wolverine saga. I mean, the dude is making a Wolverine versus Predator book right now. I don't know how he comes up with these ideas, but I want some of that imagination. I also picked up the Al Ewing Venom run this week while it was on sale for Spider-Man 2. If you're looking for a spiritual successor to Immortal Hulk, this feels like the closest thing to it. I also read Ultimate Invasion, and I cannot wait for Hickman on Spider-Man. Yeah, Jacob has been keeping us updated with his progress on Ultimate Invasion. Yeah, it and rules, there's, right? There's some <laughs> Something very satisfying when someone loves something that you also love. Oh yeah. 
Uh, for my question this week, Ollie is a great hero for a bunch of reasons. His wit, his bleeding heart, his sense of justice, but most obvious is his skill with a weapon from two centuries ago. If you guys could be as skilled with any weapon as Ollie is, and this weapon can have special abilities if you wish, what would it be? Personally, I think being able to dual wield hatches would be awesome. And add in being able to warp in them, and I'd be set. This man has played some uh has Whoa. played some video games. Whoa. Shit, that's a good call. That's um, a very good call. Uh I'm I'm actually a big fan of archery. I think archery is awesome. Um oh, yeah. dabbled a little. Uh but if I want to pick anything, uh I guess swords. Oh, good call. I guess swords. Uh if good, I'm going to use two like dual wield, uh, you know, make it like the two. I, I don't know what they're called, but they're like shorter than a full sword, you know. Um, short swords. I, I maybe short swords. Let's go with short swords. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably go for that. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, you. I think, I think I would similar thought process of the dual wielding. I'd go escrima sticks. I love me some escrima sticks, and oh, yeah. escrima is a specifically Filipino fighting style, which is why Nightwing has always been very Filipino-coded for Filipino me. Filipino-coded, uh-huh. And I would love escrima sticks that if I launch them, they can ricochet back to me. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. I give it, the, give it that cap, ricochet, completely bending the laws of physics property yeah. to them, and I'm Oh, I'm shit. I guess, I, I guess, actually, that that's the one. I'd want the shield. There you go. That's the one. Perfect. There it is. That's the one. I want. I want to be able to do that. Hell yeah! yeah. Great yeah. question. Great question. Great question. Uh, next up, we have Good Brother Adam Stringfellow, whose uh, subject header says "Loading Adam. the Quiver," which I like. Ooh, I, I like, like loading the quiver. I think. Um, I think that might be it. Oh, we we've got other options. We've got other options. Oh, shit. Okay. So that's on the board. Uh, what up, what up, Arrow fam? Hope y'all are doing well and off to a good week by the time you get this email. As you're reading this, I unfortunately am traveling back to the States in reality this Friday. Fucking gross. Boo, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but Michael and I had an amazing time while I was visiting England, and I'm trying to go back there again for the Christmas holidays this year. So fingers yeah. crossed that I'm able to get the tickets for Christmas and see my man again soon. I hope so, too. Fingers, We've got so. our fingers and toes crossed for you as well. And I'm glad you had a great time, man. You deserve that. Agreed. And he writes, this is fucking sweet. Michael, keep the porch light on for me, babe. Oh. Love that. Oh. Whew. Uh, for my question this week, in the spirit of the Halloween season, my favorite holiday, by the way, I wanted to ask three of y'all this. In all of comics, either DC or Marvel, what locations would you be terrified or creeped out by to spend, let's say, a night in? I know there are obvious locations like Arkham Asylum that are genuinely creepy, but for me, I'm going to go with Wayne Manor. I know it's a bit of an odd one to put. I don't think it's an odd one at all. No, but that's I, fair. But when I think about it, Wayne Manor is genuinely creepy. We see all the yeah. time how full the Batcave usually is with the Batfam. When you look upstairs, it's genuinely almost always empty and barren, especially in Batman Beyond. When you just see Bruce up there and almost everything is cast in shadows and draped over in covers. It feels yeah. like there would be so many ghosts around there. I can definitely see the ghosts of Thomas and Martha Wayne haunting the place, but wouldn't it be trippy to at one point see the ghost of Jason Todd and his Robin uniform? Even after he comes back from the dead, or even the ghosts of all of Bruce's loved ones and allies over the years? Maybe it's because I've just finished watching Fall of the House of Usher this past week. Great series on Netflix, BTW. But that's just my take on it. Would love to hear y'all's thoughts and opinions on this to see what areas and comics are truly haunting and terrifying take care team stay safe love y'all much see y'all next week and happy halloween all the best and much more adam what would you pick 
Um, honestly, it, I mean, it would be a little fun, but it's kind of creepy at the same time. Uh, the House of Mystery. Oh, good Paul. <laughs> good Paul. Either the House of Mystery or the Sanctum Sanctorum. Like both yeah. would be kind of fun, but also really creepy. Really <laughs> creepy. Yo, that would be fucking wild. That'd be wild, right? Yeah. I think for me, it would be the Phantom Zone. Ooh, that would be fucking terrifying because you be don't terrifying. know what's in. It's like spending the night oh in, in, in the depths of the ocean. You don't know what the fuck is down there. Yeah, that's exact. Oh my god, good pull, Jesus. Uh, also, because this is a Stringfellow Ooh. joint, he wrote a PS which reads "Headcanon of the Week." After the movie The Batman and seeing fan art online every now and then, I'm kind of liking the headcanon more and more of Barbara Gordon being biracial, actually. I think it fits, and I think you can tell a lot of stories of a biracial woman being the daughter of a police commissioner, and her views on that from both a cop's daughter perspective and a woman of color. Of course, she still has the red hair, though. My only question is, would you prefer either Jim Gordon or Sarah Essen to be black? In my mind, not only is Sarah's sarah barbara's biological mother but instead of a cop she's a defense attorney who eventually becomes assistant district attorney of gotham i love that headcanon i i I like sarah being ada that's that's a good call i also Um, love sarah being barbara's mom i I think that's interesting Barbara's mom is randomly called Barbara. What? I don't like that. I don't, I for whatever that. reason, That's I don't comics. like it. Because then it's Barbara, Barbara, Jim, Jim. Like, yeah, I, I kind of like that. That's kind of no, fucked up. That is yeah, too people that. are weird like that. that. You know what? People are weird like that. That's true. Um, I prefer, in my headcanon, that Sarah is Barbara's mom. Because I do like the half-sibling dynamic between her and James. Um, but I actually love that. If... If you played uh, critically acclaimed asterisk only by us uh, game Gotham Knights, very mm-hmm. specifically, uh, Barbara Gordon and really all of the main cast were not played by completely white actors, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love I that love. idea. I yeah. love that shit. And I am so down for biracial Barbara Gordon. I, I hope we get a mention in the Batman part two of a young Barbara Gordon. Just I seeing got a kid this, at home. Got a kid. <laughs> I got a kid, man. Come on, man. I got a Come kid. On, man. I got a kid to answer to. I got a daughter. If that line is in there, DC, you owe me money. I got a daughter, man. Amazon, you already owe me money for almost there. But DC, you owe me money if he says, I got a daughter, man. I got a daughter, man. She looks up to you. Oh, chills. Um, our next email comes from Mullet Overlord. Hello, Mullet. Who writes, Dear Emerald Enforcers, I do love that. Love that. And, the, and his uh, his email, re- the subject header reads, Quivering for Justice. Ooh. I like that one, too. That's like good. That too. Shit. That's good. Shit. Writes, man, the new 52 really fucked with the Arrow fam, huh? GA and Canary not really knowing each other until now is an insane move to make, and it's kind of weird that John Dale exists, especially since he's still a generic soldier guy. I disagree! I, think I he, disagree. I think this run makes him not a generic soldier guy. True. true. I that think beforehand true. he was, yes. yes. <laughs> but this run makes him not, which is cool. <laughs> um, 
they write come on guys they create they've created a best friend for ollie named john and they still haven't given him a big stick for fuck's sake just lean into the robin hood of it all and give ollie a proper little john again oodalali oodalali golly what a day <laughs> also i was today years old when I, I mean if we look at it in that fight between john and ollie he does have a big stick he does have a big stick. And he beats I Ollie. never I never made that connection, actually. You never made that connection? No, that's so funny. Oh my god. It is funny. It's hilarious. He's literally little I don't even know if they made that intentionally, but Jesus I've always thought it was hilarious. Christ. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh also it was today year I was today years old when I learned that Shada Shado is Emiko's mother, which is messed up because she's also had a child with Ollie from that time in the 80s when she took advantage of him in a delusional and feverish state. So that makes Emiko little Robert's sister aunt by blood. So I guess my question this week is simply, what the fuck do you see? Yeah, that's, that is a good that's point. baby. Though uh, uh, New 52 never fucking happened. Yeah, it never happened in this continuity. Little Robert Although I wonder if they exist. remember that stuff now. That'll They've be been very selective since... on what they pull and what they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Williams and tackle that one. <laughs> Weird character tackle relationships aside, he's the main villain of this Williamson run. Yeah. Watch, just little Robert. <laughs> uh, Weird character relationships aside, I really like this volume. I love that the story was basically Green Arrow versus corporate bankers, the real villains of society. It was also great seeing them really lean into Green Arrow as a, as a socially active hero, even if he is kind of socially oblivious, which only makes sense since Ollie was originally a Massachusetts boy before moving across the country to Seattle with Black Canary in 1986. Yeah, that's right. He's one of us, a proper mass hole. He's loudly opinionated, <laughs> rude, big on education and social programs, and fucking loves that dirty wall. I know in my heart that Black Canary thought he was a crazy person when he called the Justice Cave Wicked Pissa. So to make up for the So to make up for the devastating loss of Boston Jane Foster, I give you cited proof for Boston accent Ollie Queen. I'm the fucking queen over here. I became something else. Someone else! That's why he wears Celtic green. Oh my god. Holy that's fuck. So funny. Beat LA! Beat LA! <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's paying off cops. <laughs> oh my god. Guy watches the departed one fucking time. <laughs> Are you a cop? I'm not a car. I'm the guy doing my job. <laughs> he must be the other guy. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Y'all remember the town? Who is in I, that I movie? Say, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the best Jeremy Renner movie. You're so right for that. You're so right like, for that. Absolutely. That's his best role. He's so good in the town. He and should that, have gotten an Oscar win. And that is, a Jer that is a Green Arrow moment when he's like, I need you to get in the car. I need you to help me out with something. And you can't ask me why ask before, me after. <laughs> but we're going to hurt some people. So, all right, who's car? Who's car we take? That's Black Canary rolling up to Green Arrow. <laughs> God, I fucking love I it mean, so much. I mean, even his spoilers for the town, but his death scene, like him going out like on that's the sidewalk. That's so true. That's so Ollie. Like that's him reaching so for the Ollie. drink that's on the ground and like yeah. sipping it a little bit. <laughs> like that's, that's so Ollie. 
It's the best drink he's ever had. I, I fucking, mean, I fucking love right that there. movie. If you haven't lately, go back and watch The Town. The Town is Ben Affleck's best movie. Yeah, it's so fucking. It's good. the best movie uh, that he's I w- made. I would also say it's Hollywood so Land. Good. Hollywood Land is also very oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Much that's fair, darker. That's fair. Um, he, he didn't direct that though. I, I mean, like, it's the best movie. That's that a good point. That's a good point. Like the town um, is an unbelievable movie. It's so good. Uh, Pete Postlewaite, fucking terrifying in that movie, dude. Like, every performance in that movie girlfriend. is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, everyone's really good in that movie. And John it's Hamm, full of fucking Boston accents. John Hamm being the bad guy. John Hamm, he's the fucking copper. It's it's Bruce Wayne chasing after Ollie Queen and his Arrow family. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fucked. God, I fucking love it. I love it so much. Great movie. But yeah, we have. Okay. You know what? Boston, that Boston that's Ollie. that's an underrated uh, bit. Was Boston Jane Foster? Boston Jane Foster. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this. Oh, Thank you for this, Mullen Overlord. Oh shit! All <laughs> uh, right, semi-related. I'm going to Rhode Island Comic Con in a week from airing of this episode, and I'm super excited since it's going to be my first con since COVID started, and all my nice. favorite Supermans are going to be there. And it's at the Duncan Center because New England loves being incredibly on the nose. Happy yeah. Halloween, guys! And I hope Jacob made it back from that island without becoming someone else, something else. Also featured in their email was evidence. That Star City is in Massachusetts. That's they so were, fucked up. I had no idea I had that Star no City idea was in that's Massachusetts. Where it was. I always thought it was in Washington. That's so So funny. did I. And now it makes it even funnier that everyone in Arrow doesn't have Boston accents. Oh my god. That would have been so good. I fuck Because uh, you know, because oh, you know there are old heads that are like, yeah, mm. back back when I, back in my day when I was growing up, this place was called Starling City. Boston Green Arrow is the best fucking kid. Boston Green Arrow spent so much time in the garden, you don't even yeah. understand. <laughs> yes, bitch. That's why he likes fucking chili. That's like, why he loves fucking this chili. All makes so much sense. I've chili never cook off. This. this all makes sense. You oh have broken God. our brain open. We fucking love Boston. Oh my Queen. God. He's a Bostoner. <laughs> He's a Bostoner. That's why he comes He's from old money. Boy. Yeah, exactly. You know? Our next email comes from Abdullah oh, Kathrada. Abdullah. And his uh, his subject is from the quiver. Ooh, which is I like pretty that. good. It's pretty good. I like that. All these are bangers. I just gotta I like say. that. I, maybe we just keep it be whatever you guys want it to whatever be. Whatever you like, want to make it, yeah. You just, you just make it something different every time. That's fun. <laughs> So Abdullah writes, hello, book club gang. I've always enjoyed Green Arrow's appearances in, in various other comics, mainly Justice League, but also when he would guest star in other characters' books. However, this is the first time I've actually read Green Arrow in his own title. I started listening to the book club with Ultimate Spider-Man. It seems like a lot of people jumped on during Ultimate Spider-Man. That makes, that I love makes that. my heart happy. That, yeah, that really touches my heart. That's great. Uh, we, we were absolute lunatics and invincible and if you joined us there fucking wonderful but we really hit a stride with ultimate spider-man yeah um 
uh, and everything, including and since then, have been comics that I've previously read. So this makes the first time that I'm going to t- in totally blind and not being aware of what's coming. I'm looking forward to going through this run with you guys. For this volume, I enjoyed the overall story and thought it was pretty good. I did find the pacing was a little off, though. There were times that I felt like a panel or two was missing and that there were jumps between moments or pages that didn't flow smoothly. I even had to do a double take a few times to make sure I hadn't missed anything. I also wasn't that enthusiastic about the rich superhero loses his fortune and has to get it back plot. It's been done to death with Iron Man, and I think it's a bit of a tired trope. Seeing Dinah and Ollie together again was great, though. Emiko is a great character that I don't know too much about, so I'm interested in learning more about her as well. That's fair. That's I very totally fair. They do love that. doing that with Iron Man. Like That's they so true. really love doing that. But I think the the key for him here is that he doesn't get his wealth back. Yeah. At least for now. We don't know where it goes later. Yeah, but at we'll least see. for now, this boy's lost everything and now he's stranded on an island. Yeah. And I mean, it ties better to his roots of becoming a hero. Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing is that him losing everything is so key to his origin of being on the path of the right. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Iron Man, you know, I mean, sure, Iron Man, you know, kidnapped yada yada trapped in the cave box traps all that jazz but like that's not him losing everything he still does have a degree of privilege you know right immediately comes out he he's not in that situation for very long oliver queen's on that island for years you know and grows into you know a different kind of thing i I was trying very hard (laughs) it's always bugged me that it has been someone else something else that doesn't make sense it should be something else someone else that's fair. I think it's that good is interchangeable. Always bugged me. <laughs> always. From day one, that's driven me crazy. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so I I I will forgive that story for Ollie. I, I do think it's a story that they they love doing the Iron Man. I mean, we're literally in that right now with Iron Man. Yeah. You know? so true. <laughs> like, like again. <laughs> but but that just know. kind of speaks to how much wealth he has to burn that he can keep losing it and keep getting it back. <laughs> Oh my god, for real. I think this actually is the brokest that Tony Stark has ever been, which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. Um, but yeah, I I totally get it. I have to disagree on the art, though. I think the panels were really sequentially well done, yeah. especially with the Ferrera stuff. Yeah. Um, but we I could see I could see what you're saying. Uh, for my question this week, in light of Keith Giffen passing away, also we lost Keith Giffen over the past week. Um, yeah. Tough loss. Really yeah. tough loss. Uh, what is your guys' favorite story or runs of his? I'll always love his run with JMD Matias and Justice League slash JLI slash JLE. It was unlike anything I had ever read, and I was introduced to a ton of obscure and relatively unknown characters through that run. Everyone always remembers the humor, and rightly so, but it also had its own fair share of pathos and character work. I loved mm-hmm. it so much that I bought the omnibuses that DC released of that run, and it still holds up. Lastly, Mm -hmm. if I may give a suggestion for the name of the season's mailbag, I was looking up some names of previous Green Arrow letters pages, and two that I liked were From the Quiver, which I use for this email, and Arrow Mail. There was also Straight Shooter, which isn't too bad. Anyways, just throwing those out there as options. Cheers, Abdullah. I do like those. Yeah. I do like those. Yeah. Our final Um... email... Real quick, Keith Giffen. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. The the answer I, to the fucking question. Uh, I I I would say probably his jail his jail stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's monumental. But Keith Giffen was also a big part of the uh, annihilation stuff. 
the first wave of, of That's Annihilation. Right. Um, so without Keith Giffen, I wouldn't have my love for Nova and my love for Star-Lord that I have. Cause I got into both those characters with Annihilation. That's, I think that might be my so, answer. That's true. I completely So I think it's forgot. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would have to agree with you 100%. The Annihilation stuff reshaped the entire Marvel cosmic. Yeah, and everyone so like only this... credits DNA for that. Like, they only credit Abner Which is fair. They, they did a big, they they a, part, a big part of it. Part. Lots of the follow-up comes from them. Yes, like all, all the follow-ups. Yeah, that, that's just them. But Giffen was there from the beginning, so I'd, yeah. I'd like to give him a little credit there. Um, Excellent yeah. poll. Excellent poll. Um, so our last email... Uh, comes from a very special listener. Yeah. Uh, this subject header writes quiver query from Quinn, which I do. I do like quiver query as well. Quiver query is really good. Uh, Quinn writes in, Hey guys, long time fan, but first I'm asker here with a general green arrow question for you all inspired by the new birds of prey book, which is incredible. And you yeah. all should be fucking reading it. And if you don't, I will live in your walls. I need this book to last forever. So you need to be reading Spirit World and you need to be reading Birds of Prey or else Malcolm and I will haunt you. Yes, I will be your Babadook. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Quinn writes, Green Arrow has to create and run a team for an on-Earth mission. What four teammates do you pick for him, excluding Black Canary and the Arrow family? Do you have different picks for a spy mission versus fighting mission, etc.? This is also a formal request to be the guest star when you go through the 2011 Batman and Robin run. Malcolm kind of already said yes. I, I... Malcolm? I, 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 told, I told her that I would bring it up with you. <laughs> That is a conversation for off mic, but she writes with love, <laughs> Quinn. Um. So let, uh, let's let's set the parameters here. Do you want to do spy mission or fighting mission? I mean, they go hand in hand. But wh whichever one you pick, I'll pick the other. Okay. Uh, shit. Then I'll do. I'll do fighting mission. Fighting mission. Yes. Yes. I'll do fighting mission. He's fallen into my trap. This is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Okay, so now it's a four-person team. Is that including Ollie? I'm going to say no. So Ollie plus four people. Okay, Ollie plus four people. Because it says four teammates. Okay, okay. So Oliver Queen's making a Power Ranger squad. Um, <laughs> and I'm assuming they all have to be DC characters, correct? Yes. Okay. We'll put that parameter on it. Uh, so I'm going to say, I mean, it, it's easy to pick Hal, of course. Of course. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in Hal. Um, you know what? Scratch that. Jessica Cruz. Because I think that her and Ollie Ooh, would get along really well. Good pull. So Great scratch out. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jessica Cruz. Uh, he's bringing her along so that way he can show her a little bit of the ropes. Uh, oh, and yeah. also, I just think they would get along famously. Um, Ghostmaker. Fucking great pull. Great uh, I think pull. that they would have an interesting dynamic uh, and sharing in their shit talk of Bruce. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Black Lightning, nice, good pull. Uh, again, someone who would get. I mean, Black Lightning is, you know, very much like a 
I hate to say a black green arrow, but a black green arrow, you know what I mean? Like they, they're very, they're very like-minded. I think they would, I, I think that they should share the page more often than they don't. Yep. Um, okay. Jessica Cruz, Ghostmaker, uh, Black Lightning, one more person. Um, shit. I mean, because you always want, you gotta have a heavy. You gotta have a heavy. You gotta, you gotta have, have a heavy. Tough. Uh, so I gotta pick the best heavy there is. That's Big Barda, baby. Yes, bitch. <laughs> like, great. Obviously, oh. she's the best big heavy that there is. Hell big yeah! Barda. I love that pick. I love all those. Yeah, that would be that would be my that would be my team. That is a fighting um, team, dude. That's a fighting Holy team. Holy shit! <laughs> that's a team of killers. <laughs> I would not want to run up against them. That is Hell bad. Nah. Hell no! Nah. God damn. So for a spy mission, and I'm very excited about the idea of this. So obviously you have Ollie, who is not of this world, not of the spy world. So I want to surround him with people that I think both accentuate the spy aspect while also being people who can challenge Ollie on a fundamental level. Okay, love that. So first off, you're talking spy, you got to have Catwoman. Selena Kyle's got to be there interesting i also think their dynamic because neither of them likes each other would be hilarious yeah you should read the uh have you read the outsiders book that they were in together <laughs> no i haven't uh it it comes after winnick's out well it's i mean winnick also started this one uh after winnick's outsiders book it turns into batman and the outsiders yeah which is batman i think that's when i jumped team off. And yeah that's yeah it's it's an interesting read uh it's a lot yeah. of fun but yeah the beginning is it's catwoman and it's green arrow and martian manhunter and cassandra kane <laughs> it's kind of a wild bug nuts team Fuck but yeah, yeah they're they're interesting together so i would say catwoman uh, for sure. Good pull. Hell yeah. Um, Christopher Chance, the human target. Gotta <laughs> oh, be in yeah. there. Hell yeah. Gotta be in there. Oh, baby. Yeah. Um, I would also, genuinely, I would like to put Xanthi on that team. I think yeah. they have a very distinct perspective, especially f coming from, like, all the stuff that they can do. Yeah. Utilized in a spy... I want supernatural heist thriller. Like I would love to see what can be involved in that. That's sick. That's sick. Yeah, they they have some sick tricks up their sleeve. Could be really handy. But with all of this said, with all of these people who are great at their job, they're very good at knowing what to do. They're very good at structure. You need a wild card. You need someone who's bad at sleuthing. You need someone who's bad at being a spy. You need someone who's bad at everything. You need a Digger Harkness. Oh, of course. You of have course to have him there. Any heist, uh, he's got to be there. Uh, that's live. Tell me. <laughs> that's live. That's what all the people say. Of course you're putting him in there. Tell Come me on. you would not read that fucking book with the five Come of them. On. Holy uh, fuck, it would be incredible. Toxic. You know it would be. You're toxic. I need you to get it. you on the Owen is better train because you're really mm -hmm. missing out. That <laughs> train is a lot better. That that train is on tracks that are discontinued, my friend. That train <laughs> is about to be flying into a ravine. God, I miss Owen so much. I, I don't. 
and neither I mean, does DC Comics. I yeah yeah exactly. If there's, <laughs> if there's one character that uh, DC Comics hates more than Tim Drake, it's fucking Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> but yeah, great question, Quinn. Um, I'll question. never say it to your face. So great question, Quinn. I'll never yeah. give you compliments. Um, but yeah. Thank you to everyone for writing in. I think we're going to keep it as as people just writing in whatever quiver they want to write. I think it's yeah. exciting. I really like how creative everyone's been with this. Maybe yeah, we'll run cool. out at some point. Maybe we won't. Who Maybe knows? not. Just to say. I mean, there's but an infinite number of words. There's an infinite number of possibilities. I, I'm excited. That was a good Sean Harris. Thank Whoa. you. Holy Thank shit. You. Oh, my um, God. But that is going to do it for this week. Next week, we are continuing Oliver's Adventures on the Island with Volume 2 entitled Island of Scars. The synopsis goes like this. Green Arrow was victorious in crippling the Ninth Circle, but taking down the global criminal financial empire left Oliver and his allies bruised, broken, and scattered to the wind. In Japan, Emiko Queen takes up her bow in defiance of her mother, the Yakuza assassin Shado, and goes into a supernatural underworld to win back her family's honor and freedom. On a mysterious island with ties to the Ninth Circle and Oliver's own past, Green Arrow and Black Canary must negotiate deadly terrain, robotic bears, and a native people with a secret they'd kill to protect. How can it get worse? The only way home for DC's most dangerous power couple to survive the explosive maiden voyage of the Empire Express. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Through the planet's core. (laughs) This is issues six through 11, and I absolutely cannot fucking wait to read this. This is going to be great. Hell yeah. So join us for that next week. Uh, Be there or be square, not a circle. But for now, for the Geeksplain Book Club, I have been Eric Azana. I am Malcolm Russell Nelson. And for Jacob Brown, thank you so much for listening. Everyone stay safe, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Boston. (laughs) Green Arrow. Green Arrow. The green arrow. Green arrow. <laughs> Gotta get my quivers to shoot my arrows. I knock my air. <laughs> hey, y'all remember what he had the arrow car? <laughs> <laughs>
Back where the others lie